Hey, this is Jeremy Hahn, artist and writer of The Beauty. You're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. All right. It's all right, it's all right. We're on the right track this week. How about speaking into the microphone, please? Why? Wow. Because she's probably, like, she, she's she's already relaxed and ready for it. Mm. Uh, I'll be right over. Yeah, I know. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll be done before we get out of your driveway. Next week, dudes. You're a little old. You're both a little close. Alright, bro. It's okay. I'm just saying. A little close. My mic is exactly where it always is. Is it? Yes. Yeah, it's right there on the edge of the sofa. It's it's on the ottoman, perched on the top of, um, what's that, so, whatever that restaurant rating guide is, whatever the hell. Zagat? Yeah, yeah, a big Zagat. Jason got a big Zagat. Zagat Ekadol? Yeah. Do you know who owns Zagat? Who? Bob Zagat. Google. No kidding. Do they now? Oh, Vince. Yes, I saw my a link friend. today. I saw a link today that absolutely really kind of pissed me off. I didn't I didn't read the article yet, mm-hmm. but according to the headline, there's a character in Blade Runner 2049. Yes. That was that is currently played by Jared Leto. It was originally offered to David Bowie. Which could be another reason not to see the movie. But why you're not a Jared Leto fan? I I'm not really no. Oh wow. Okay. I don't I don't mind him. Yeah, I mean I, I don't know. He's he's a quite an accomplished actor. Oh yes, I mean a lot of actors and actresses are. I don't necessarily right. But I think yep. I think Dab's focus was more on. He's the no fact, Kevin James. Right. Well, no mall cop bitches. I I think right? David's. Focus was more so on the could have been David Bowie. The loss of yes, yes, right. yes. Ah, I see. Bowie yes, was a very good actor. I think he didn't have a whole lot he of was range. Great as Tesla, right? He didn't. He was great as Tesla, and he didn't have a whole lot of range. But Bowie, being Bowie, is better than some other character actors. You know what I mean? Like he's just an interesting person to to watch, to hear, to to see move. He's just an alien looking guy. And he was kind of captivating in everything he did, except they should have made him wear underwear in Labyrinth. That's all I'm saying. Or at least a cup. <laughs> yeah. Hey, everybody. Hey. It's 11 O'Clock Comics, episode 496. And I'm Vince B. Ooh. It is 496. You are Vince B. I am David A. Price. What up? Yo. What Indeed up, yo? you are, and I am Meadowlark Lemon. Oh, see, now I know who he is. Har- Harlem he's, Globetrotters. He's yes. Yep. I saw Meadowlark Lemon live and in person. More than nice. once. Yeah, more than Did you once. Know, you know what his real name was? Oh, no. Meadow Lemon the Third. Wow, that's cool. Right. But no, you're not Metal Ark Lemon. You're Jason Wood in the his house. What's up? 
three are one this week. You know, I was thinking we haven't gone without one of us for at least like what ten episodes. It's That's, been a, it's it's, it's been, a, been a good stretch, right? It's been a minute. Yeah, yeah. even even when you were on vacation, you were still with us. Sure. Yep. Um, I think the last time anybody missed an episode was probably one during one of Jason's many vacations. Right, Johnson. many many <laughs> vacations. Yes, yes, many. Yes. And we should say that this is a bonus episode. It is. Yes. We are going to get you all riled up, fired up, and ready for New York Comic Con 2017. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we're going to talk a little bit about comics along the way. Uh, before we do that. What? I would like to hear what y'all are drinking. Mm. Nice. And once again, this episode is brought to you by the generosity of our Patreon supporters. If you are interested in maybe joining the club, you can go to Jason Ware. To Patreon.com, which is P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash 11 o'clock comics. Uh, and for the uninitiated, that is 1-1 o'clock comics no apostrophe no uh what's that no no apostrophe correct so it's patreon.com slash 11 o'clock comics or if you're on a mobile device and don't feel like typing you can go to patreon uh, directly and then just uh just do a quick search for podcast we should pop up that sort of thing but uh but the url is probably the easiest either way that's uh that's where you be finding us it's true we're lurking all the time we have content up there every single day like clockwork if it's not an image it's some commentary or what i read or uh hey you want to answer some questions we field questions from the patreon supporters all the time it's just fun and we are dangerously jason's shaking his little booties we are so close to the two or more extra episodes a month it's it's disgusting how close we are if you are the person that pushes us over the top, I will personally come to your house and give you a big hug. If you're okay. all yeah, right, if you're less than like fifteen minutes away, right? I I have a I'll draw you good a feeling, yeah, that we will likely hit that milestone shortly after New York Comic Con. I oh, agree. I'm, I'm sure we will, but I want to do more episodes before New York Comic Con. You really well, can't. Well, lucky for you. Do it episode at night. Well, but lucky for you, we have episode 497 coming up on Thursday. Yep. You're getting two and this then, week. That's right. And then we have episode 498 coming up next Tuesday, which we're doing early. Won't be a bonus episode. It'll be the regular episode, but we're doing it early because... New York Comic Con next... New York Comic Con. Thursday. Next Thursday through Sunday. And the date is September 5th. No. Fourth. Mm. It would be September, but it's, it's October. It's October. October fifth through the eighth. Yeah, it was too. Uh, yeah, okay. October fifth through the eighth. Mm-hmm. Come one, come all. We're gonna have a great time. But you'll hear about that in a bit. First of all, I want to tell David because he asked so so nicely uh, what I'm drinking. It's not diet soda. It is. Is it a caffeinated beverage? No, it's not. Oh, oh! Samuel Adams Boston Lager. Oh, bless, blessed are thee. Yep, he's a brewer and a patriot. 
Wow. And he, ma- he makes a damn fine bottle of beer. How about that? That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Good for you. Good what on you, you, sir. Thank you. What are you drinking, Jason? Uh, no surprise, based on the copious amount I overbought for our little summer get-together, I am drinking uh, another, making another small dent in the never-ending pile of Corona Extra. Ah, but speaking of that uh, treasure trove of IPAs that you did buy, they mm-hmm. will disappear next week. I was going to say, we have plenty of them awaiting your arrival. <laughs> nice. Dap, what about you? Uh, I am enjoying some Bogle Essential Red from 2015. What, Vince? You're so cute. He sits there and doesn't say anything, knowing full well that he's the next well, one. I'm not, on. I don't know if anybody's going to say anything more. Maybe I'm just going to jump in. No. Yeah. I'll, it's your I'll show, too. Everybody else, everybody else was asked. I'll wait to be asked so hey, I know. Hey, Dap, what are you drinking? I'm still drinking some Bogle <laughs> Essential Red. Nice. Uh, do we have any thank yous? No. Oh, okay. Other than our fine patrons. Yes. That's true. Huge, huge thanks. That's a given, right? All them fine folks. Um, I came home, and in the mailbox were two packages, uh, there were comics in one of them and books in another. The first one is from a longtime listener and super hella good guy and soon to be father, Flip a Dippa. Uh, he sent me a couple of issues of Next Wave, which I had all but one of. I'm missing one out of the 12. I now have a complete set, and some doubles. So, speaking of our patrons, once we hit that mark where we're sending books to them, uh, someone's going to end up with some Next Wave issues. He also included uh, Fantastic Four number 180, Fantastic Four 234, which is John Byrne's first issue kicking off his long run, and Fantastic Four number 245, as well as Marvel's Greatest Comics, starring the Fantastic Four, number 50. Uh, that was an awesome birthday present. And, or actually part two of a birthday present, because Lennon came a couple weeks ago. Uh, and our pal Drew Van Gendron, he sent me the uh, Humanoids Presents the Yodoverse that came out uh, not too long ago. I saw it in previews, did not order it, and... Um, now I no longer regret that decision because I have it to read, as well as Decelerate Blue by Adam Rapp and Mike Cavallero. And this was the best thing. This was in a little uh this was in a small brown paper bag, but assorted DC Comics trading cards from when they used to be Impel before they were Skybox. These are the these are the cards from uh, from nineteen ninety one. They would have uh the golden, silver, and modern age versions of the char- of some characters at the start. They had some teams, you had events. Uh 
I had a couple of sets of these cards many, many years ago, and I think I'm going to bring some of these with me to New York Comic Con next week to get signed by any artist. And I'm pretty sure one of us has a list of who is going to be an artist alley, but That's a I can't great idea. wait to get some of these things signed. Huh? I didn't even think of that. I got you. I got some cards, but that's a good idea. Do you, would you like a box of milestone cards? Fuck yeah. Because I have them. Get out of here. Yeah, I got them. I bought a whole yeah. box of them back in the day. I, I had a couple of boxes too at one point, man. That I, box in your room. This, that's right. These, 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 these oh, cards, man. I'm going. No, no, no. I'm just... It, it's uh, They were... Because Marvel had them as well. This was before the Marvel Masterworks and, and after the shitty... Um, comic images cards which were just basically borderless oh. borderless cards that were just straight up prints uh reprints of of actual panels from comics they were hideous and they weren't uh, even trimmed right some of them no, were they weren't at an they angle were they were horrible some were all in all, all zoomed in others were like just it was it was a mess but um what i liked about the dc ones is that because dc has various versions of the same character it was they they you know you didn't just get a Blue Beetle card. You got a Blue Beetle from the Golden Age and from the Modern Age and from the Silver... And, and same thing with Green Lantern, Hawkman, uh, Cheetah, Lex Luthor, and then you had their Earth's Mightiest Heroes, which would include like Aqualad and Dove and Animal Man, Geo Force. So uh, then you had the events and, and the teams and, and um, covers of, of important issues from back in the day, classic covers. It was, it was a neat set. It was... It, I like the approach DC took, but I, I didn't mean to cut you off, Jason. No, I was just going to say I do have a thank you. I forgot, you reminded me, from our good friend and uh, will be attending New York Comic Con, uh, Miss Giselle Lagasse. Yes. Sent, sent me the latest volume of Menage a 3. Nice. Thank you so much. She's so good. I would explain what it is, but since it's been your choice for favorite webcomic for seven years in a row, I'm assuming people know by now. Yeah. They should. Yes. All right. So let's get into the thick of things. The thick of it. You drive the bus because... Wait, what? Yeah, I'm waiting for you to drive that bus. I got to drive that bus? Yeah, you, back it on up. you love talking about the con experience. Oh, it's true. So, as we said, next weekend, really next week, um, starting on Thursday, going until Sunday, is New York Comic Con. And we have gone to every single, if I'm not mistaken, right? We have. Uh, it's one to the first one, and then I think I, I didn't go to the, the first, first one. one. Oh, that's uh, right. No, but I, I just mean... One. Right. No, we, um, I think the first year Vince and I went as, as the podcast as bullpen bulletins was maybe Oh seven, but yeah, no, I, I, and then I missed the year where you guys all hung out at the lullaby of old Broadway. Uh, and so I haven't made it to every single one, but almost all, but I think two. we, we collect the collective. We have been everyone. Yes. No. Yes. Yes, sort of. There was there was there was the year. There's that one year in October. It was the year a couple of years ago. It was when Sandy hit. You guys were both away that weekend, so I made the appearance on a Saturday. 
then I hung out with Tony and Mock Boot and a few other people, but I was just here for the day. But yes, the, the, as we at least have made a presence at every con since 11 o'clock comics. Wait, we, wait, I don't remember that at all. Are you saying we yeah. missed a New York Comic Con? Yes, because you, you were, I think Vince was in Florida, I, but you were, or no, no, maybe Vince was... Vince might have been at uh, was it Wolf Lodge something like that, but I and you. Oh no 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 no! I do. You're right. The one time it was uh, my buddy Jason's wedding. I was out in California. Oh okay. okay. It was the one time yes, I had to miss. Yes, you're right. Yes. I forgot. That's right. Wow! I totally blocked that out. Okay. There you go. But either way, um, although most think that San Diego is the largest Comic Con, uh, Reed, who runs the New York Comic Con among many other shows, uh, makes the formal contention that they in fact have the largest Comic Con. Uh, according to Reed, New York Comic Con attracted over 185,000 people last year, um, easily making it the largest Comic Con uh, in the world. So that is a massive amount of people. It sure 185,000 people. I mean, that is insane. That's a crazy number of people. Uh, that's like a small city. Um, but yes, it is, a, it is an, in, in essence our home con at least until such time as Dap gets off his ass and moves to North Carolina. Right. Um, and then uh, then Heroes probably will become our de, de facto home con. Um, and I have to say, while it is a different experience than the other cons we attend because of the sheer magnitude of it, uh, there is still something special about it because it is our, our home show and it's, uh, you know, it's uh, it's become a tradition. So uh, it's time to, uh, to put in work again. It's, uh, it is one of those shows where... Um, and we've never been, the three of us have never been to San Diego, so we don't have direct reference to this, but by all accounts, it's analogous to San Diego in that a lot of people say San Diego is, um, is, is work in, in many ways, um, versus there's not a lot of relaxing to be done because it is so crowded and there's so much going on. And I'd say that's kind of what New York's turned into. So I do think the first piece of advice we would give anyone that's, uh, that's, perhaps attending for the first time um, is to try and pace yourself because it, uh, it can be an exhausting show if you're not careful. Oh, without a doubt. Even if you're careful, it can be an exhausting show too. That's true. Uh, Because it attracts so many people getting from point A to point B can come with a lot of trials. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, We usually like to spend the majority of our time in artist alley but the few instances where we try to get upstairs to the, the dealer's room, if you're not prepared for a lot of people, it can be a daunting experience. If you're claustrophobic, it could be holy hell because there's a lot of people there. But it's it, like anything in life, um, your enjoyment uh, the, that you derived from it will be in direct proportion to the amount of energy you put into it. So if you're just like, oh, the hell with this, I'm going to sit in the corner. Well, you're not going to get much out of it, are you? But if you're brave, like we, Hmm. uh, you will extract a whole lot of fun. Yes. Yes, indeed. So the show continues to grow, and it's grown so much that this year um, it, it actually is taking place all over the city. Um, Yeah, there are panels that are going to be held in um, four different off-site venues um, in addition to the Javits Center. Uh, There's going to be panels at the Hammerstein Ballroom, uh, 
Ooh. The theater at Madison Square Garden, the yeah. Hudson Mercantile, and the New York Public Library. Wow. No kidding. Yeah. I'm yeah. interested now. This is, sounds like fun. And you know what, what's, what's odd about it is we almost never go to a panel. It's true. It's true. Although we might have to remedy that this year. Yeah. Because so there are a tremendous amount of, of interesting panels. And, and the nice thing about a panel is it, is it does force you to relax for a bit. It does. Take, take a proverbial load off. Now, I know, you being Jason, I know that you have the list of panels right in front of you right now. I do. Yes. So let's hear some of them. Okay. Well, you might imagine that the um, probably the, the biggest draw panels for the uh, average fan are going to be offsite. That's why they are offsite because they're larger. They're larger. Um, larger venues. Um, so, for example, um, I just want the so there's going to be a. Um, Screening, well, not a screening, but a um, uh, footage and getting to meet the cast of um, the new Pacific Rim movie, Vince. What? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. I didn't even know there was footage already. I thought it wasn't even a thing. The last thing I heard was they weren't even going to make it. Well, apparently you were wrong, sir, because on Friday... At 12 o'clock at Madison Square Garden, there is a Pacific Rim Uprising panel. Wow. Featuring, featuring, featuring the director, Stephen DeKnight, along with uh, Scott Eastwood, John Boyega, and a bunch of other stars. They're the stars of the movie. So there you go. Uh, Dap. Yes, sir. Star Trek Discovery cast and crew will be there on Saturday. Excellent. Sasha. Yes. If you'd like, you can also meet John Bernthal and the cast of The Punisher Ooh. on Saturday at 5.15. Now, do these panels come with a, a cover charge, or if you have a, a wristband, you can see them, or a, a badge, a, you can see them? That is an excellent question, Vince. If you have a New York Comic Con active badge, you can attend any panel that is um on the same day so if you have like a saturday pass you can go to any panel on saturday at any location (laughs) if you have an all a four-day pass or a press pass or something like we do then you could go to anything well that's awesome i think we should make the trek up to see john bernthal and and sasha and i'm sorry i don't know her name um that's a good idea all right well the walking dead panel which i think is always probably the most um yeah expansive they'll be talking about the season seven finale and give you a sneak peek into season eight. Uh, the whole cast will be there. You got Andrew Lincoln, Norman Reedus, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, Lauren Cohn, whoop whoop, um, <laughs> and and many others. Uh, along with Kirkman, they will be there on Saturday night at seven forty-five. I'm sure that will be mob deep. You probably have to go. Um, I would assume you to keep in mind as we talk about this stuff. Um, again, if if you haven't been to a show before. Uh, many of the things in particular that we're talking about now will be the most popular, and you will likely have to go many hours in advance for these to get in. Yeah, um, sure. Now, it helps that they're at Madison Square Garden, which has a much larger seating area. Um, but, uh, again, I would presume that for, say, the Walking Dead panel, you'd need to be there many hours before and, and wait in line, be willing to do that, um, which is totally fine if that's what you're into. But, uh, but yeah, there will be there will be nine 
there will be nine uh, events held at Madison Square Garden. So um, there will be, let's see, at the um, at the Hammerstein Ballroom, there will be a Kirkman uh, panel, uh, just Kirkman himself, um, the man, the myth, the legend. Uh, it's actually called The Walking Dead, Invincible and Beyond. That will be at Hammerstein on the uh, on Friday. Uh, Vince, your favorite TV show, Comic Book Men. Oi. I know. <laughs> uh, but, but wildly popular for many. We'll also be there on Friday with the cast, including Kevin Smith, Walt Flanagan, and that crew. Um, let's see. Uh, one that looks pretty cool. Uh, the World of Philip K. Dick. What? Oh. Yes. Yes. On Saturday, uh, it's sponsored by Amazon Prime Video. And it will be a journey into the works of Philip K. Dick. Uh, it'll have Rufus Sewell, Rupert Evans, uh, a bunch of other folks uh, talking about the, the man and his work. Um, I am not particularly uh, familiar with this show. I don't watch it, but I know everyone tells me I would love it if I did. Uh, Robot Chicken. Oh, dude. No, On Saturday, we'll be there. Seth Green and his whole crew will be there oh, at the Hammerstein interesting. at uh, 145. Yes. You like that? Interested, yes. Uh, if my son were coming with us, he would be all up on the Saturday at 7 p.m. panel, uh, the Family Guy panel, featuring Seth MacFarlane himself, Rich Appel, Seth Green, and uh, the rest of the cast. So uh, that, that seems like a big get, no? That's pretty cool, yeah. At noon, Vince, on Saturday, Star's original series presents Ash vs. Evil Dead, Featuring Bruce Campbell and company. Shit. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Right? Can, can we go to that? <laughs> you might be able to go to that. We can go to that. All right. I mean, that might be right up your alley, I would think. You would think? Right? Yeah. If you're thinking, you then you don't, you don't even know me. You don't know me, yeah. son. <laughs> um, let's see what else... There are hundreds of panels this year, so wow, um, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Uh, at the at the main show, of course, there are quite a few related to uh, many of the great creators that will be there. Um, there's a, a cool one um, from Black Panther to Miles Morales uh, in conversation with Tanasi Coates, which I think could be fascinating. Um, there is a, a Valiant panel, Vince. All right, who's going to be Valiant. there? Valiant 101. Uh, well, you, you know who's moderating it? Who? Our man Hunter Hunter Gorenson. Nice. Yes. And it says a cast, so I assume he's going to corral all of the relevant Valiant creators that are in town for it, I assume. Sweet. Uh, one that Dap should attend because it's very germane to his, his, uh, his expertise. Gender identity. Oh. Understanding oneself through art. Absolutely. <laughs> That's uh, that's perfect for him. Uh, let's uh, see, Vince. There's Batman Ninja. You know you want that. Batman that's your spot. Ninja. What is that? Ooh, here you go, Vince. Todd McFarland. Yeah. Do you realize how how many hours before that you're gonna have to go, just to get close to him? Do you think? Oh, I know. He's still a big draw. Yeah. I know, but again, we're talking about there's gonna be. 
There'll be more people to see Family Guy than there will be to see movies. And right, I mean, no way. Yes, oh, are you kidding me? No yes, way. Uh, yes. No. No. Yep. Well, anyway, Todd will be there at the main show on Friday, October fifth. I need Tomio to back me up on this. Todd McFarlane is going to set you straight. No, he's not. He's going to say Todd McFarlane is going to pack the room more he's... than Family Guy will. No, Tomio is not going to lie to you. But you he may sh- want him to. He should if he loves me. Well, everybody who loves a, me lies to me. A very interesting panel on <laughs> on um, Friday. It's Friday the fifth. Yeah, fr- uh, Thursday rather. Thursday the fifth. Representation matters. How to respectfully write and draw POC and LBG, LBG, LGBT uh, characters. I think very timely. I think all that's going I on think in the world. My daughter would love to go to that. Well, she should come. Oh, we could meet Michael Rooker. Everybody's Ooh. favorite Ravager. Wow. He'll be on the main stage on Thursday. That's pretty cool. That is very cool. There's a Garth Ennis uh, panel that on the main would, stage. Now, that would be fun. That's pretty cool. Uh, there are the obligatory big publisher panels like the Marvel Legacy Next Big Thing, the DC, where the publishers and the, and the main writers get up there and, and talk about all that's about to come. And then inevitably people stand up and ask what happens in the comic that doesn't come out yet, and then the editors tell them that they can't tell them that. Happens every time. Right. Ha, 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 ha. Yeah. I would like to uh, ask or, Joe Casada a question, if I may. Uh, okay. Joe, why are you drawing Susie like she's 65 years old? Hilarious. Did you see that image that Casada drew of, of Susie? It's, it's a recent thing. She looks like she's 65 years. Maybe she is 65. Maybe they're doing a, a flash forward in the Fantastic Four. I don't know. But it's not a good look. Mm-hmm. Anyway. This sounds cool. This is a DC Universe original movie's 10th anniversary celebration. Uh, Bruce Tim, Alan Burnett, Kevin Conroy, a bunch of other people will be uh, celebrating all of the DC animated films. Uh, that, that sounds fun. It does. It's probably going to be long, though. Uh, I would imagine. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. We've got, I mean, I'm literally, I'm, I'm scrolling through dozens upon dozens of panels here. Um, a lot of content. Oh, there's no doubt. And yeah. So, you know, you said we don't, we don't partake as much as we should. Right. I, I'm not aware of the admission price for this thing because of our press status, we get in. Okay. Um, what is the the going rate for a day? I I honestly can't tell you. You 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 would know as well as I would. Right, but I'm so I'm thinking, hearing all this content, that yeah, it may be a little um, steep comparative. It's compared to a movie, or you know, maybe going out to eat. Not Jason, but the average person. So I'm I'm thinking, you're getting a huge return for your money. Just based on all these panels that I'm hearing. Absolutely. Um, let me see. Tickets, Vince, are... Uh, everything is sold out except for Thursday. And Thursday tickets are $45. So I assume it's 45 a day. That's really not that bad. Um, I, I don't know. I'm sure you get a discount if you buy... Well, I shouldn't say I'm sure. I would imagine you get a discount if you buy multiple days. But again, that's all sold out, so... Right, uh, but there are tickets available on StubHub. I know if if people were so inclined. What's um, a, what is that like a aftermarket ticket? Yeah, it? yeah, oh. it's owned by eBay. Mm-hmm. Oh, Ooh, Adapt Keanu Reeves will be there. Oh, sweet! 
Wow. I like that. By the way, I'm still on Thursday. I'm scrolling through page after page. It's still Thursday. While you're doing that, uh, Mm -hmm. Vince, um, her name is Soniqua Martin. Soniqua. That's what I... I knew the Martin part. It's actually... Well, yeah. She was born Martin. She is now because she's married Martin hyphen green. Who's she she married to? She is married to a gentleman by the name of uh, Kenrick. He actually was in an earlier season uh, a couple years ago of the walking dead. He was the, uh, he was one of the black dudes in Alexandria. He did not last long. Um, he good looking man. He, uh, yeah, not a bad looking dude. I she mean, he's could... no you, but it, right. uh-huh. Who is? Well, she, didn't, she didn't wait for you. So she's a, she's but a... you also, you're, I, I don't know if, uh, she, she was born in Alabama. Apparently. And I, I, uh, she may, uh, have some Cherokee in her but nice uh, she can have some yeah. sicilian if she wants to she is right it's um <laughs> a very little bit but <laughs> do her on that long uh but no yeah i cannot wait to um finally sit down and watch uh discovery so i can enjoy her oh vince friday my brother jack kirby's 100th birthday celebration featuring chris ryle walt simonson John Byrne. What? Mm-hmm. I think Byrne's going to be here. Byrne returns to New York Comic Con for one time only to celebrate Jack Kirby's legacy. <laughs> Thank you for giving me a career, Jack. Uh, well, well, yeah. Yeah. Man, don't besmirch the, the man's actually showing up. And no, 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 no. I'm not besmirching anything. I'm just <laughs> saying I'm that's sure what he, he should say. What's crazy, though, is that um, I don't think Kirby ever drew Star Trek and Ever no. since he's been doing the Star Trek, because even at the uh, there was I think a Star Trek, um, not not the most recent con. I think last year there was a convention. IDW was there. They brought Burn out to the show, and uh, I don't have any hard facts in front of me, but I do believe it was stated that uh, he would be only be signing uh, Star Trek books he worked on at the show. So don't don't come up with any. Dark Phoenix saga <laughs> up with that's insane. Eddie Superman, just, you know, I, really? Yeah, I was being very unfair. Ninety nine point nine percent of comic creators, those that work at the the big two, can say thank you, Jack Kirby, for giving me my career. So I wasn't oh, being I wasn't being fair to John. I'm sure a very well attended panel will be, which is why it's on the main stage. Jeff Johns will be hosting DC's Doomsday Clock yeah. on Saturday. I'm intrigued by that. As am I. As am I. Uh, we've got the... Um, now, that's interesting. Image Comics, the future of genre. That's an odd collection of, of people. Not what I would expect. When you see an Image Comics panel, you're thinking Liefeld, McFarlane, Kirkman, maybe. Larson. Larson, who's yeah. also... He will be there. Of course. Uh, this, this is Amy Reader, David Brothers, Charles Soule, Wes Craig, and Donnie Cates. I'm not sure. <laughs> well, it's it's the image young guns. The young guns, yeah. 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 I mean, most of them are older than we are, but sure. No, not me. True, true. Uh, um, the new Runaways TV show cast will be there. What? <laughs> you don't think that show looks good? Um, no. no. Huh. What about the gifted. 
What's There's that? Commercial. That's that's it's a new, new show Fox on show. Fox. Yeah, no, based on the uh, based on the X universe. Is it really? Yeah, yeah Interviews. Yeah. Huh. Mm-hmm. Not interested. <laughs> Hilarious. Glad we sold you. All right, all right. Vince. How about Ninjak versus the Valiant Universe? Yes, let's talk about that for a little while. A little while. Let's talk all about that. <laughs> Who's going to be at that panel? Mr. Matt. Mr. Matt. Matt Kent. No. Does he ever come out to New York? Dinesh Shamdasani, who is the CEO. Okay. Hunter Gordon, our man. Yep. Aaron and Sean Shanky and Josh Johns. Hmm. Oh, it's uh the movie. It's about the movie. Ooh, nice. Oh, okay. The movie. Can't nice. Wait. Yeah, that's going to be a big deal, I think. I hope it's going to be a big I hope deal. So too. Yeah. I think more people will be at the McFarland panel than we'll see that movie. Wow. Dude. No, I'm kidding, just because I got to fuck with him, but no. Yeah, he, look, he, I, he has to. That, that's his job. job We're supposed man. to keep promoting your Seriously. Comment, <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he is promoting another panel at the con, so right, let him one. go. Spotlight on Dick. Batman. On who? On Batman. Ah, okay. Scott Snyder. Mm. James Tinian. Nice. Sean Gordon Murphy. Cully Hamner. Look at that. And Mr. Tom King. Thank you. I was oh, waiting. Oh, boy. If he wasn't there. Indeed. We should go to that one. Should. That one That one would be fun. Just oh, while we're, while we're doing this, even though we're talking about New York Comic Con, uh, Baltimore Comic Con was this past weekend. Mm-hmm. Many of our crew were up in there. They no longer are affiliated with the Harvey Awards. Mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure what went down there, but... Uh, the Harvey Awards do still exist, I've been told, and they were looking for a new venue. Which they have. Do, where is it? It will be starting in 2018 at New York Comic Con. Is that wow, right? Yep. Look at that. Well, there you go. Okay. So that actually that might make it a big deal. Yes. Um, but either, either way, <laughs> at, at, no, I mean, like, I thought I it was buried. I thought it was buried. I thought they were, you know, they were getting, um, like, pushed yeah, to the side. But in Eddie Comic Con or something. Um, but the, the Harveys were always synonymous with Baltimore. And again, for some reason, they had a split. Um, but the Baltimore had the inaugural Ringo Awards, uh, named after Mike Ringo. And in in many ways, as far as I can tell, the categories were largely the same as the Harveys. So I, I don't. I must profess I don't know what the difference was in terms of who votes, how many people voted, that sort of thing. But but in any event, uh, two of the inaugural winners. Are good friends of the show, Mr. Tom King and Mr. Scotty Young. So, congratulations to them both. Yay. Yes. Well done. Uh, let's see, Vince, the lightsaber show. That's your spot. That's my jam. That is your jam. Let's see. Um, ooh, Riverdale, nice. Roberto Aguirre Sacasa, Dan Parent, Alex Segura talking about the uh, new Archie comics. Including Jughead, the Hunger. Mm, that could be interesting to see that. I think so. That that uh, zero issue was really good. But I I told you about it. You did indeed. Yeah. Um, but all in all, we I mean I could keep going, but but I'm looking here. It looks like there are 111 panels on Thursday, <laughs> 90, 94 panels on Friday. 86 on Saturday and 57 on Sunday. So wow. Uh, 
quick back of the envelope, that's roughly 340 panels at the show. That is a lot of entertainment. For all for, for the price of admission. You know, it, it amazes me because we've traditionally never gone to these things. And I'm now I'm wondering why. I don't think I've ever gone to a panel at New York Comic Con. Dap and I did. Didn't we? Uh, I want to say yes. Wait, nope. I went to one either the first or second year. I went to a Gail Simone panel and met Neesman for the first time. Wow. So it was probably the first year because we hadn't started the show yet. It's going back. It is. It is back in the day. That was back when guys like Mike Norton and Tim Seeley and Stegman were still trying to get a foothold in the business and were doing free sketches for us. Yep. Back in the day. Now they're ballers and shot callers. I, I cherish those days. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's talk a bit about the main floor. What little we know. No, we know plenty. No, we know. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we do come through it. Um I don't think we want to give away all our secrets because then we won't be able to get through it. But <laughs> there, um, I, I think it's I I appreciate the layout, and I hope they will continue it even with the construction and everything because it, it's it's laid out so that you basically have all of the uh, gamers and, and and statues and Legos and and pops and everybody's on on one side one section. You walk through that. And then you get through some of the uh, smaller publishers or, or, or the, the prose book publishers. Then you have all of the all the all the publisher booths. After you pass Diamond, you get your huge ass image booth. You get the Marvel booth. You get the DC booth, and everybody's got a big production about it. It's great. You get through that. Uh, you get through some of the uh, some of the toys and. The it's it's nice where the comic shop dealers and and the uh, and all the 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 half price collections and the original art is usually the the escalator closest it has been before the construction is the escalator closest to Artist Alley. So we knew if we weren't going shopping, we wanted to see what OA was available we wanted to see some of the uh wanted to go through some of the three for dollar boxes we were kind of close to it because of its location from artist alley so I, I always appreciated the way it wasn't like they would just throw autograph dudes here along this wall and then there's some some guy selling some then you have like midtown selling their books and then you had some toys and then you had more autographs. It was, it, it, I, I think the layout really worked for New York comic con because it wasn't, it wasn't too confusing. You knew if you wanted to get some autographs, you knew what corner to go around. If, if, if you wanted just, just to look at some toys, you kind of knew where to go. If you wanted to see the swords, you knew where to go. So, uh, I do not know. I haven't seen a map, so I don't know if they've, if they've made any tweaks because of, of any changes due to the construction. But I think the main floor, um, as crowded and cramped and impossible to navigate it is, it is still a, a pretty well laid out for. It may not be easy to navigate, but I think the way they have everything placed is a good call. 
Yeah. You know, I'm baffled by the swords. <laughs> Why yeah. is that? I don't think I've ever seen anyone buy a sword. No? Uh, no, I, I can't imagine that there's a huge turnaround on, on weapons at a, at a Comic-Con. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Have you guys ever seen someone buy a sword? I can't say that I've looked for it. I, I feel like those those vendors are always crowded. I, I don't... I don't. I guess I've never really given it much thought. Hmm. I just. Uh, I maybe I just can't wrap my head around the mindset. Like I'm going to Comic Con to buy a sword. You know what I mean? I, I. I'm not belittling it. It just doesn't seem like. No, I, it, that's definitely that. That that's like the invisible dog leash at Disney. You don't go there for the sword, but it, it is something that you pick up there because either you have. So you say it's an impulse buy. Hole in your yes, exactly. Okay. Spend it on comics. So by the looks of it, there are more than 1,200 retailers that will be there. Yes. I'm glad I'm driving. Load up that back with all the comics. There are 364 original art dealers. Good God. 327 poster and print dealers. Now I'm, I'm realizing there may, some of these may be both. I'm going by the uh, product category. So some of these may be overlapping. So it might not be as many as I'm saying, but um, 40 video game publishers, uh, six universities, which is interesting. I don't know what that's about. Um, about 50 board game and tabletop gaming companies. Mm-hmm. Uh Three dozen anime and manga publishers and dealers. I didn't even think there about, were three dozen left. I know, all right. About 200 apparel and merchandise vendors. Um, in what is an ultimate microcosm of the way the world works now, 85 comic dealers, which is funny that there's less comic dealers than these other things. Uh, 210 toy and collectible manufacturers and dealers. Wow, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, anything that you're looking to buy, you can buy. But um, another another pro tip: <laughs> many of the things that are going to be for sale at the show are not bargains. So there are things I think that you can safely buy at a con, and there are things that I think we would recommend you not buy at a con. Is that fair to say? Yes. So what what is fair game at a con? Back issues, right? Yes, especially if they're, you know, three four X. You know what I mean? Or, or two right, for tra- trade trade paperbacks. Yeah, basically re- uh, printed materials that aren't considered collectible, meaning aren't high grade or rare. Um, there are going to be tons of those, and and frankly, I would say. Even a decade ago when the show started, that was a major selling point of the show or any Comic-Con. But but sadly, to many people's perspective, uh, they are probably one of the least trafficked areas of the main floor at this point. Well, that's good for us. No, but that's what I'm saying. I'm saying so it's changed a lot. I do think um, if if, – listen, the the simple fact is not as many people buy – older issues to fill in collections anymore because there are reprints available and digital copies available. Um, so if you are interested in those, you can get some incredible deals. I mean, you can often now buy entire runs, which are already conveniently packaged for you for a, a, a big discount off of cover price. Sure. Uh, uh, I will say, though, 
Uh, I'm glad that you said um, not collectible comics because I think that buying slabbed issues at a con is a definite no-no. Yes. Yeah, so, so right. So in the vein of things that are worth doing versus not, um, gone are the days when you should buy a rare back issue that you want to collect at a major con. Uh, I can't say for, for all I've, I have bought back issues at your comic con many times, but I think it is definitely a caveat emptor. You need to have a specific plan and you need to be very aware of what the actual price it would cost you to get it online and not pay more than that. Because, um, most of the vendors are looking to sell to people on impulse. And you might be asking yourself, well, who on earth would buy a couple hundred dollar or even thousand dollar book on impulse? You would be surprised. Right. It's Manhattan. It's Manhattan. There's lots of money for many people. This is a once in a multiple year event and they get caught up in the moment and they see an issue or their kid sees an issue and they, they buy it. And I, if I were a vendor of these comics, I would try and do the same. But, but if you've been saving up for Fantastic Four number 52, because T'Challa's your dog, um, New York Comic Con's probably not the place to buy it. And if you are going to try and buy it at Comic Con, you have to do two things. You have to establish early in the weekend that you're interested and then try and haggle and make sure you know what the fair price is. And then you need to go back on Sunday and try and close the deal. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Sunday's the buying day. Sunday yeah. is the buying day. And why is that? Because depending on the performance over the course of the Thursday to, to Saturday, a lot of dealers may have done less than they anticipated and will be more eager to cut you a deal just to fill their cash register with more greenbacks. It's, yeah, it's not just that they want to fill their cash registers, but they probably don't want to schlep all that crap back home. Right, it's coming. It's well, that's weird. Sorry, was, um, my mic just popped, but um, that is uh, exactly it. I think in both cases, it's sometimes it's to cover their nut, and then yeah. often, um, again, th- that would be less per- that would be more likely for the high end collectibles dealers. But for people that are bringing tons and tons of trades or hardcovers, they just simply want to get rid of the inventory because it's it's highly expensive to package all that back up and ship it back home. So, yeah, yeah. in fact, um, um, Mile High Comics, notably this year, didn't um, present, did not set up at San Diego yeah. uh, for the first time in San Diego's existence, uh, in no small part because of the ever increasing costs associated with um, schlepping all of that inventory um, cross country. So, um, I would say, in terms of just book, the best deals are collected editions. Right. Um, you can often get collected editions well south of 50% discount of cover price by Sunday. We have seen many Omnibu for $60. Oh, shit, yes. On, on Thurs- artist editions. Yeah, on Thursday and artist editions, and then go for as little as $25. Right, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I would say that um, it can never hurt when you're talking about a dealer like that to try and make a deal. Uh, now, if you're going to Midtown Comics booth or one of the high volume retailers, they're likely not going to make you much of a deal. Um, they have deals in place, but you know, pricing is very clear. Um, you know, buy three, get 50%, that type of thing. Um, but it can't hurt. And there are many smaller local vendors that set up um, that have tighter inventories. And, and I find that they, in fact, will make you a deal. In fact, um, 
two or three years ago, I was not looking to buy any back issues. And on Sunday, I ended up buying four back issues from one dealer. And that's why I did it, because I was able to get close to 50% off the four issues because I was buying all four issues. Uh, and I will also say that um, it's changed a lot in recent years thanks to things like Square. Uh, it used to be at a con, you had to have cash, mm. cash or, or nothing, uh, because guys were sitting at their tables and um, there was no way of – they just didn't have the means to take your credit cards. But that has largely changed. Almost everybody does take credit cards now, although I will say – that works in your favor if you still are old school and have cash because um, real talk, cash generally gets you a discount. And I'll leave that to you to Google as to why that might be. But there are legitimate reasons that these uh, business owners are willing to give you a discount for paying in cash. I'm not going to blow them up, but you can you can probably guess. <laughs> one of that is. Um, a couple things specific to this show because it is so large. Uh, there is an app. Um, you can go on the uh, Apple or, or Android app stores and search for uh, New York Comic Con or my show, and it should come up. Uh, I do recommend the app. Um, it's got everything that you would need, including lists of the artists, the guests, the panels. You can very quickly star people, booths, or presentations you want to attend, and it'll all be in a schedule that it will create for you. So it makes it super easy to uh, optimize your day. Um, Vince hates planning, so he's he's not trying to feel that. <laughs> um, also, I don't know if this is new this year or not, but I did take note that there is a thing uh, on Twitter now um, at NYCC lines, so NYCC L I N E S, and that will give you updates on lines, capacity, and availability. So for some of those big panels or movie screenings or TV show meet and greets, uh, this this Twitter account will be your friend for sure um they do provide wi-fi for free at the show now um, wow be, be forewarned it is slow mm-hmm. uh it, i mean again there are, will be upwards of a hundred thousand people or more accessing this wi-fi so don't expect miracles but uh at least it is free years ago it used to have to pay or you got nothing so that's that's a step a step up for sure um be patient I think is key, right? I mean, if you're going to spend a significant amount of time there and you didn't pay, you have to be patient. You're not going to get through the, you're not going to get through the aisles quickly. Um, no. You, and mm-hmm. because of that, wear comfortable shoes. Yes. Yes. Well, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, just a given. Um, are we going through the whole, uh, Hygiene, bring snacks. It's expensive to eat on the floor. I think yeah. that's a, that's pretty much a given, isn't it, for many people? No, I don't know. I mean, again, if if it's the first time, I mean, um, a couple things that they guys used to bring, and at many shows you can bring suitcases or roller cases for your books to get signed. New York Comic Con doesn't allow that. Oh, so be forewarned there. Well, that's um, things are looking up now. Yeah, see now that's and and I okay I, I I get it if if you're unable to if you're there for the day, and I've seen some people that struggle carting their their books around and and if you know I I sympathize with some people I do not sympathize with the with the dealers with the cutout 
of the of the mylar bag so they know where the artist is going to sign and having them 50 of the same goddamn comic i i get you know the creators like listen you know i'll sign five and then you're kicking over to heroes or something but the hero initiative but i'm not really too sympathetic to a retailer who's just getting shit signed to flip later if 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 it's some fan who you know i saved up all year to get to this show these are the comics i'd like you to sign i'm 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 fine with it but it is still a tad frustrating to walk down already crowded aisles when some dude is moving slow and is dragging a cart behind him hitting ankles and you're just trying to get from one end of the floor to the other well, it sounds like you won't have to worry about that this year. So that's and I are quite happy. Yes, yes. very happy. Uh, you definitely should bring some kind of backpack. Oh yes, bring, bring water. Yep, or, or your drink of choice. Um, it's the Javits, so there will be water and food there, but it will be stadium pricing. Yeah. Water will probably run you three, four bucks, I would imagine, uh, maybe even five. Um, which is fine too, but if you if you want to save some money and spend it on the creators and art instead, bring that stuff. Um, not to be cliched, but uh, one hundred and eighty thousand people packed into a small venue, uh, people can get funky. She they can right. get funky up in there, and so uh, don't be that guy or gal. Please make sure you are freshly showered and wear deodorant. And uh, that's not a joke; it's just true. There are funky people at these shows. And we would appreciate if y'all weren't funky. So hygiene, it's good. Um, I think um, I always find myself to be horribly dehydrated at these shows. Yep. Because we're always walking around hustling. So definitely try and stay hydrated. Um, To the end of, as I said, you can bring credit cards for sure. But uh, cash is, is, you should have some cash because some some of the smaller creators aren't going to have Square or something like that. And then um, it's just easier to have cash for, I think, smaller purchases. And while there are ATMs, again, it's, it's a place with on, on Saturday, uh, at, at least it'll be 120,000 people probably. So you're going to want to not wait in the ATM line. Um, so it's Manhattan. There are a million ATMs around. So hit it up before you go into the show. would be my recommendation. Um, uh, a, a couple things logistically, and, and for those of you that have been to the show, this is going to be uh, a no-brainer. But um, not only is the show crowded in general, but um, I- any show is typically the most crowded on Saturday uh, because people don't have to work. So that happens to be the biggest day. Um, Sunday is, at a lot of shows, not crowded. Uh, not the case in New York. It will be almost as crowded as Saturday. Um, one of the reasons for that is it is... Um, it is kids day at, on Sunday. So uh, children, I believe can come. Uh, I think I, I can't, I'm looking for it on the site now. I'm pretty sure kids under this, a certain age can attend for free with someone that has a badge uh, unless they change that. That's the way it used to be. I'm assuming it still is. Um, so uh, yeah, uh, I will say relative to your point about the, the people signing the, the con world adapts quickly. And so the last few years we've seen a pretty major change in how all that goes down because understandably the creators were getting tired of signing books for guys to go CGC them and, or flip them. So a lot of these creators now actually have partnerships with um, service agencies that 
arrange for very specific signing periods for them to do this stuff. So even like our friends, I mean, I know Scotty and Tom both have events at New York Comic Con that are um, run by I think uh, I think I think I think Trinity. Uh, but either way, I know that. Uh, so for example, they will have specific times where there will be an area set aside, and they will go into that area, and people can go and get their books signed and witness for CGC or slabbing, and they'll be paid a handsome fee to do it. So you know, again, whether it's ten bucks as a signature or. 20 bucks a signature, that kind of thing. And, and and the reason that happened is because for a long time, creators out of the niceness of their their hearts just signed whatever was put in front of them. And then people would go and sell these books uh, a day later for 50 bucks or something. So um, a lot of that is changing. I think, um, I think for the most part, you're going to have to pay for those kind of things now. In fact, I wrote a piece um, for our site back in April, A Beginner's Guide to Artist Alley where I walk through all of the finer points of Artist Alley. And at the time, one of the things uh, I mentioned was the signature etiquette. And with each of the things ranging from signatures of photos to art, I had a cost range. And in the signatures I put at the time, uh, free most of the time. And I would have to say that if I were writing that article uh, six months later, I, I would have to amend that because I don't, I don't think signatures are free uh, most of the time, I think they're free a lot of the time now, uh, assuming that you're just getting a few books signed uh, at a creator's table. But I think for those that want something more formal um, or something they think has resale value, uh, it is no longer free. Nor should it be, really. If, if you're going to try and profit off of these creators, then sure. they should get a piece of it. So, I agree. Uh, a couple other things. When you're taking photos, uh, it, we live in a world where everybody has a high-powered camera in their hands at all times. That's cool. But don't take pictures of people, particularly cosplayers, without asking them. Um, generally, uh, most cosplayers are there to have their photos taken, so I don't think they're going to give you an issue. But don't assume that you can walk up to, I don't know, Creator X's table and just snap a, a close-up of their face without asking. It's just rude. Uh, chances are they won't care one way or the other, but but don't assume that. Make sure you ask first if it's okay to take a picture. I think most creators will also be happy to take a picture with you. Um, but again, please ask. Um, also, it, it may go without saying, but don't don't put your hands on anybody. Uh, <laughs> no, but I mean, it, it's... No, you're it, right. You're right. You know, uh, just, just again... The fact if you, that it needs to be said. Right. I mean, if you see anything. someone in a cool Deadpool costume, it might... And I'm not even talking about... I think people would immediately associate that if we're talking about, say, a, a female dressed in a provocative outfit and it's inappropriate to, you know, just grab her, put your arms around her. But, but even if you see a little kid that's with his parents dressed up like Deadpool, it's not OK just to pat him on the head or put your arm around him for a picture without asking him or his parents. Right. I mean, that is an invasion of privacy, even though they're there to to enter, you know, to, to show off their their uh, their costume. So just just be polite, be polite and ask um, 99 times out of 100 if they're in costume at a show. They are there to have uh, people look at them and have their photo taken. So it will likely be you will likely be told yes, but uh, but always ask. Um, and I know the cons, New York Comic Con included, take that stuff much much more seriously than they have in the past as well. So if if you don't ask and, and things aren't aren't handled appropriately, you will likely be thrown out. They don't mess around anymore uh, with that. So um, as Vince said, we spend most of our time in Artist Alley. Um, which this year, by my count, there are, hold it, hold it, 350, 369 
artists. Wow. That's it. Yeah, for the That's life it. of me, I don't understand why they alphabetize them by their first names. Thank it is, you. It is maddening. It, it, I just don't get Holy it. Holy shit. Yeah. It frustrates me to no end. But I have a, a comment about... Mm-hmm. about no, not about Artist Alley, but about Jason in Artist Alley. Mm-hmm. I think... No, just hear me out. I think you've evolved as an OA collector to the point where... No, just... No, I know. To to the point where the jam piece I feel is beneath you. Hmm. I think that piece and, and this is springboarding off the acquisition of a recent piece that you told us was in fact yours after we had seen it. I think that piece alone pushes mm-hmm. pushes you up into a, a higher level of collecting than I don't think a little two by three rectangle is going to do it for you anymore. I mean, I know it's fun and that's where you got your start and it's always great to, to look back and say, yeah, man, those were the days, but I don't think um, the jam piece is going to do it for you anymore. Interesting. Uh, I mean, I, I hear what you're saying. I, I don't, I don't view it as accurate though. Why not? Well, because I am as equally excited about getting the jam pieces I have going finished as I am getting pieces like the aforementioned uh, Moby Dick piece that you're referring to. Well, I know. I think after those jam pieces are all filled up, I I think you should think long and hard about closing the book on that chapter of your life and just going for the big ass wow pieces like that Moby Dick. It's it's interesting. I, I can't. I, I don't know. I can't. It it really will depend. I mean, I I think this year I'm more likely to focus on the jam pieces because I'm on a wife imposed spending <laughs> hiatus. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, you sneaky. Uh, because heroes got so out of hand. But uh, um, I hear you. I hear you. But that said, I, I do think you you bring up a point, which is that, and, and I think this is the broader point for the audience. One of the coolest things about Artist Alley is that there are ways for you to come away with art regardless of your taste, regardless of your budget. If you have zero dollars to spend, you can come away with art. I believe that. It's true. Yeah. You can can politely ask, particularly uh, creators, that perhaps you're going to buy their book or strike a conversation. There are plenty of creators that will do little sketches in your sketchbook or little remarks and stuff that you buy of theirs uh, for free. Um, and it's a, it's it's that is less common now than it used to be, but it's it still very much exists. If if that is your thing, you can do it. If you are if you have a very modest budget, you can come away with some awesome uh, prints of of their work. Many artists will take either commissions or. Uh, or scenes from books that they've done and will make color prints and posters out of them for, for resale. Um, and those won't cost you all that much. Um, you can certainly get, as Vince noted, more and more people do the jam pieces now. And the functional reason for that is that um, is, is that they're smaller and so they don't cost as much. They're also 
much faster to do. So many of these artists lists will, are, will fill up very quickly at the show, uh, but they will have time to do a smaller piece for you if you strike up a conversation. So that's nice. And those things run. Now, I will say long gone are the days when we could get a jam piece done for pretty much free. Uh, I, I, I miss those days. Um, the, the creators have caught on, but, but, but again, you're going to pay much less for a trading card sized drawing than you will a full size piece. Um, but yeah, and, and look, and it can go up to an insane amount of money. You can spend many thousands of dollars. In fact, there's a particular creator, um, at the show that, uh, you know, I think is charging $5,000 for a piece. So, um, regardless of your budget, there is a hole to be filled. Uh, not for a but, jam, you know, not for a jam piece five thousand. No, no, no. I'm saying I'm just saying an artist alley in general. Okay. I'm just saying no matter what you're no matter what you're looking for. Um, yeah, I, I think that the the key there is that uh, I remember going to shows way way before we we were doing this. Um, in fact, it was Wizard World Philly, my first show I went to, and um, artist alley was very overwhelming because I didn't know that. I didn't know what it was in terms of how things were handled. And um, I do think it's important to just remember that most of the people that are there either are there to promote themselves and their work or, and, or are there to sell. Um, A lot of the people at Artist Alley pay for their own tables Um, at a large city like New York. They are very expensive tables and they need to sell to essentially make it economically worth their time to have come in the first place. You have to assume that a, a person coming to New York Comic Con, a creator, uh, unless they're from this area, it's going to be a fifteen hundred to two thousand dollar endeavor for them, right? I mean, between hotel and travel and the table cost and meals, that's at a minimum. It's probably even more than that if they have a family or if, you know they spend if they come from very far. Um, so they need to sell their stuff, and uh, the good creators will have stuff to sell up and down the price spectrum. Um, I am against generally haggling with artists directly. I think that's generally in bad form. Um, most artists will post the prices for what they're doing um, very visibly at their booth, which is great. And, and I, I guess you can try and haggle with them, but I, I'm, I'm personally not a huge fan of that. I think the prices are the prices, and um, I, I think haggling is better for dealers. Dealers have inventory that they've already bought and own. Exactly. And in many cases, it's sunk cost for them. You know, there are guys like, let's say, an Anthony Schneider. He has, oh, I don't know, 200,000 pages of art, right? I mean, probably in binders. And you and I, we all know because we look through those binders every con, a lot of those pages have been in those binders for a long time. Yeah, 200,000 pages of art that he did not create. Right. And also, in order for him to procure more, he needs to have cash flow. And you get cash flow by by churning your inventory. And so uh, I think dealers are much more likely to give you deals on haggle because it's just not an emo- it's not emotional to them. It's as much about cash flow. It's about turning over their inventory. Uh, a creator, it's their stuff. They're going to price it what they think is fair. Now, if you're buying three pages from a creator directly and you want to say, hey, can you do me a deal? I-, I don't think that's unreasonable. But you know, don't be a dick about it. Uh, if you ask how much a page is and they say X dollars and you think that's ridiculous? Don't don't be insulting. Just say thanks and then move on. They they they're more than comfortable with you walking away without buying something. I think that's much much better than to either tell them that they're overpriced or to 
try and you know really lowball them because uh, it's just not a good look. Yeah. What's the gain? There's no gain. You know, you've just made uh, not an enemy, but you just made somebody not really like you all that much. Yeah, you know? I think that's right. I think that's right. Uh, another thing specific to New York Comic Con is the Javits Center is unfortunately located near next to nothing else. It is on the west side of Manhattan. Um, there isn't really public transportation directly to it. So you're likely going to have to walk a bit uh, from wherever you come in, whether it be Port Authority or um, Upper Downtown. Um, there, You're going to have to – I would recommend doing a little planning ahead in terms of if you want to go out to eat. Um, there are places that we hit every year that are not too far away, but you're going to have to walk a couple avenues for sure to find a spot. Um, but the nice thing is it's Manhattan. So whatever you're looking for, whether it be a sports bar, a pub, 99 cent pizza, Guy Fieri, <laughs> Guy Fieri, uh, Bubba Gump shrimps, uh, whatever you really want. Le Cirque, whatever. It's all good. Um, but yeah, they're, they're definitely, you probably want to do some planning on that end because you could find yourself meandering outside of the show for two hours looking for a place to eat if you haven't put some thought into it. Uh, so definitely plan for that, I think. Um, what uh, what are, uh, oh, Dat, why don't you, we had a little Patreon quest. You want to you wanna delve into how that panned out? As far as who we should hit up? Yeah. Okay, we asked, uh, where is the thread? We, um, there was an awesome topic, uh, which is basically throw a couple of names at us. Uh, we said, while we're there, aside from making sure Vince gets his bumpers, uh, we're asking patrons to Pick the guests. So uh, we asked everybody to name three creators from the list of Artist Alley attendees. And uh, we will work on taking the top three, everybody says, and uh, seeing what we can do as far as getting them to, uh, to chat with us at the convention uh, maybe get some video. Uh, hopefully, set something up so they can be a guest on a future episode. But as far as the convention itself, who you'd like to hear us chat with uh, for a short bit? So um, we had a, we had a quite a few responses, uh, and twenty-five so, so far. Yes, uh, although some people came back because. Maybe they didn't list three, and and so, but yes, there there have been, there have been, quite a few people responding so far. Uh, some people we have spoken to on the show. Uh, we've spoken to at a con. I mean, obviously without recording device handy, but uh, some people were 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 I think we're friendly enough with where we can make that happen, uh, unless Vince comes up after me and asks for something to be said and, and, and the, the creators <laughs> declines, but we have, uh, we, we, we have a few people who I chuckled when I saw the names because there's really no way, uh, we're, we're going to talk <laughs> to, to some people. Then there's some people where, uh, English might be a problem. There's a bit of a language barrier. Uh, so I mean, but it, it's obviously 
people we in all the years we've been going to New York Comic Con, we've been talking to people. Yes, there there have been people that uh, we've spoken to and and would like to chat a bit. Um, so that might we haven't tallied up the responses yet, uh, but some people. I'm going to throw these games out to you and uh, try to get a feel for. I've got the. To- I think I I do have the top five so far. Okay. Uh, In so terms just, of most votes. Then, based on the few that I say, uh, we'll see. We'll see if you can if you can spider sense the the top five. Okay. Uh, well, we know Mike Del Vecchio says uh, Ryan Browning, who we've had on the show, of course, uh, Gabriel and who we've had on the show and Fred Van Linty, who we dedicated a month to and have never had on the show. <laughs> uh, but it is always fun to talk to Fred. He's, he's very friendly. He's um, he, uh, he, and, and he's usually sharing a table with Ryan Dunleavy because they've Correct. done plenty of projects in the past together. Uh, so we can kind of usually kill two birds with one stone there. Uh, we have, uh, no, by the way, none, none of them have more in the top five. I didn't think so. Uh, our girl, Giselle, um, who I think would be kind of fun to have. I, we can definitely chat for a bit at a show. I think uh, talking for a bit on an episode would um, would be fun as well. Eric Larson, who we've uh, spoken to briefly at shows. And uh, Kim Jong-ji, who we probably will never <laughs> really get a chance yeah. to just kind of kick it and and talk to for a while. Our, our man Christopher Burton, uh, <laughs> one of our one of our major patrons, by the way. So much yeah. love to him. Uh, he hit us up with those three names, and I did ping him back and said, uh, "Love the ideas, but just so you know, uh, Mister Jungji does not speak English, so that's going to be tricky." <laughs> he said, uh, "Charles, but he's, <laughs> yes, he, he, well, <laughs> but he, he's, he's not, not the only one. Kidding, so. He's yeah. not the uh, one. Hopefully, he's not in the top." Five. Um, if he wasn't immediately omitted, he would be in the top five, which is okay. so hilarious. Okay. Hey, I, I uh, think you should take it as it falls. If, if, no. if okay. <laughs> hey, it doesn't, it doesn't take all three of us to be in an interview. Y'all can hook it up. That is true. <laughs> what up, Doc? That'd be the best solo interview Vince ever had. What up, Doc? Um, Jeff Darrow. But wait, just so you know, one of those three was in our top five now. Okay. Oh, I, I, it's probably Eric Larson. Yes. Awesome. The second largest vote getter, I would add. Yes. My man. Uh, Jeff Darrow, Jim Mahfoud, mm-hmm. and Marguerite Bennett are three from uh, Will Cryak. Roy Walker says Sean Murphy, Amy Reader, and Matteo Scalera. Now, Matteo, we are definitely going to be talking yeah, to. Yeah, we talk to Matteo in, in the near future. We do talk to him at his show all the time when we see him. Uh, but once, um, I believe when we last saw him, I don't know if it was at, at heroes, but, uh, there was a discussion to have him full blown on an episode for us to, to shoot the shit with, um, in the near future. Uh, still though, we could definitely say hi and, and, uh, see if he feels like talking to us next weekend. Uh, we have John Cardinal, Monster is your, your Eric Larson again? Wes Craig, which should be a given, and I'd be very surprised if he is not one of the top five. Indeed, he is. Oh, All right, that's amazing. And uh, and and this is a given. I I really 
it bums me out that in all the years we've been doing the show, we have not spoken to Louise Wheezy Simonson. Please tell Wheezy. me, please tell me, Wheezy's in the top five. She is not in the top I five. She was, yeah. I, my heart wanted her to be, but my mind knew she wasn't. I'm, uh, I'm guessing Marguerite Bennett is in the top five because I'm seeing the name a lot. You are correct. Yeah. She is the top vote getter. Really? Wow. Yeah. I would not mind sitting down with Marguerite. Me neither. She's done a lot of comics I dig. Yes. Yes. And she gives free candy away at her tables. And and she's quite attractive. Not India, though. Not what? (laughs) Not India, though. Oh, that's okay. I'm not saying it's not okay. What does that matter? I don't care. She's beautiful. She is. Uh, Let's see. Equinox. Our boy Chris Chavez throws out Tom Rainey. Wait, you skipped over John O'Neill, dog. Oh shit, I did. Oh no, I didn't. Oh yes, I did because he's got uh, he's got two that we already mentioned. Yeah. Um, actually, all three we already mentioned, but John O'Neill echoes with the Wes Craig, Wheezy, and Amy Reader love. Yeah. Uh, um, and Amy Reader, I think it would be neat just to talk to her for a few minutes. Uh, okay. once I finish, Madam Zeta do again. We have uh, Tom Rainey. Uh, Terry Moore, and of course, Equinox has to cheat and throw two names out, uh, four names altogether. But um, Peter Tomasi probably we we have a better chance of at least chatting for a bit at a show than we would as an interview. On, so. Yeah, because he was asked. And yes, he, he was, and, he, and yeah. he's just he just came just out that, okay. straight out and said it's it's really not my thing. Yeah, it's, not his it's, thing. Yep. Nope. Uh, Peter Drummond says it's a bit of a cheat, but the Kubert brothers. They are two people, Peter. Cheater. Uh-huh. Eric Larson again. Woot. And uh, Alex Milne. So I didn't know was going to be at the show. I, I, he, that I might, think he is going to be there, yeah. Okay. No, I'm, I'm, I didn't know because I didn't, didn't really pay too much attention to uh, the artist alley list. So that's need to see a name that I hadn't seen from anybody else. Can I read uh, one? I just want to read one. Yes, you can. <laughs> Jeffrey Jeffrey Ketchum says, uh, Rod Reese, Declan Shalvey, and since I know you won't talk to Charles Sewell, I saw John Leguizamo on the list. It'd be, yes, it, it'd be cool awesome. to talk to him just to see what he's would, doing in Artist Alley booth E14. I would like to talk to House of Bucket. Dude, I would not. I. Yeah. If, if you guys ever lose me next weekend, just head to booth E14 and I will probably <laughs> hanging out over there to talk to John. I Ask love him. Him. It was like making that Mario and Luigi movie. <laughs> My kids watch that all the time. Man, I just—he is a—he's—he's—he's he's, he's a treasure. I—I I love John Leguizamo. The, the clown. He was the clown. The clown. Yes. Come on. Been violated. Yeah. It's fantastic. House of Buggin. The the optimum commercials that they have for local cable. It, it's it's he's a trip. Uh, Samuel oh, Rosen says Jerome Pena, Sean Murphy, and Mateo Scalera. Um, Jerome is cool people. And I think he'd be, I think he'd be down to chat for a bit at a show. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we've we've talked to him about coming on the podcast. I don't. Um, I got the impression that he wasn't really comfortable with the idea. But um, people can be convinced. 
people can be convinced, but a lot of people do just would rather let the art. Just like Hickman says, you know, I don't, I, I become the focus when I'm on a show. I, Wait, who I'd this rather, is? I'm talking about Opinion right now. Oh, okay, sorry, okay. Um, but saying that I, I got the impression that he may not have been too comfortable with the idea of being interviewed on a podcast. Um, and yeah, Vince, he's shy as fuck. Yeah, and 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 Vince is you know saying how persuasive and and he can muscle someone in. Into, into an uncompromising position so uh but there are people like hickman who would rather just let the work speak for itself without without yeah. being pressed about it and for uh chris chavez i can talk to Durenic anytime yes that's why i didn't mention i mean well, he, besides it being four i i didn't mention yeah, because he, i know that he's uh, like just down the street um and let's see arn arnie shawshank says uh he just he, he just knows people but one name. So he says, uh, Wes Craig, I'm guessing that's Sean Murphy. Yeah, I'm sure. And uh Ryan Brownie. Yeah. Yay. Uh uh Paul Harmon says Jerome Pena. And I'm uh, so at this point is definitely in the top five. Uh no. What the fuck out of here? I think I think your maths are wrong. Nope. Uh Terry Moore and Wes Craig. Uh let's see. I'm surprised had- Babs Tar isn't on more of these. We got her on Lock for Heroes. Our, our boys, our yeah, satellite Chris, show, EOC, EOC, EOC South, is going to handle that. <laughs> Shout out to, to Cliff I and Justin. Justin yes. Uh, let's see. Bob McLeod, see that? Bob is Bob is kind of chill, and, and I don't know if he'd be That's real comfortable. To put it. Yeah, it is. I, I don't know how comfortable he'd be with um Kind of being recorded. He's kind of stern too. He's stiff. Yeah, yeah. I, he doesn't seem like a dude that's really like laid back, Netflix and chill. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. Um, we need to like go to Denver Comic Con and smoke him up first. <laughs> and is dude, you're like jumping all over the place. By the way, I am. I am. Uh, is it, okay. is it, is it right. maddening for you that he's picking and choosing? It's so mad because I'm loving dude, it. When we go to when we go to the mall, I my wife loses her mind because. I insist that we park on one end or the other so that we can walk in a and walk through a mall where we never miss a, miss a place. And but you walk you 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 walk through the lower level or walk through the upper level and come back on the lower level or whatever side the the car is on. You yeah you have to you yeah. have to make sure you have a, a path. Wait, yes. you are that structured that you have oh, to. Dude, oh, dude, it drives me God. nuts. It I it is like a phobia if I'm at a mall and I feel like I have missed a section. <laughs> You go down that alleyway. Oh, we need to do something about this, Dad. <laughs> yes, yes, we do. We will definitely. Do. We'll have to. We'll have to fuck with him. Visit you... the flea at the Meadowlands. I made the kids walk down every aisle until we got to the end, and then well, we went to the car. That's just common sense. When yeah, you're, when, you, when you're at a flea, right? Yeah, but a, a mall, you know. Yeah, you can look across the alleyway and see. Now, if I'm going to the mall for a specific store for a purpose, that's a different thing. But if we're just at the mall and we're wandering around doing Christmas shopping, whatever, I have to have a beginning, and it has to be able to take me all the way through the mall and then back to the where I started. Now, see, I'm making fun of you, but I also have a similar approach to the to the flea market. The, uh, one must make two passes. The first one is brisk, eyes open. Do not talk to me on the first pass, <laughs> because I I am looking for stuff. Second pass, after you've reaped the rewards of all the obvious stuff, you go back through slowly. And dig in di- the crates. And dig in the crates. Yep. Gotcha. Okay. 
Uh, go ahead, go ahead, Dad. Uh, let's see. Um, I should be playing popcorn while he's doing this. Because he's jumping all over. <laughs> Killing me. Rod Hedricks is uh, Alex Zang with an exclamation. Uh, Juan Villapondo. Uh, my top three choices are Eric Larson, Marguerite Bennett, and John Paul Leon. Ooh, nice choice. Yes. I would love I, to I talk agree. to John Paul Leon. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Paul Harmon was back with the Dromo Pena, Terry Moore, and Wes Craig trio. What's this Terry uh, Moore stuff? Like, what? What? Ain't gonna happen. Uh, Why not? <laughs> kidding. So, so, so Vince will talk I'm, to Sewell, and, and Jason will talk to Terry Moore. I'll talk to Terry Moore. Oh, I okay. I don't care. I'll talk to anybody. One is a legend, the other's a lawyer. Oh, that should be the next T-shirt. <laughs> oh, did I say that last? Eleven o'clock comics dot threadless dot com. Vince, get on that. Uh, let's see, Jeff Carter, Fabian Ronhill Jr., Alexis Zirit, and I, Robert Hack. I'm going to make one of those happen, whether he wins or not. Who does? Alexi. Alexi Zirit. Yes. Yes. Oh yeah. Uh, let's see. Michael Paul Whitehead, Fred Valenti. Uh, see, now you got to give you got to give Whitehead credit because he does he does show that he's a lifer. Oh, absolutely. His, because he says he never got a whole month the, of EOC. Yeah. yeah, which is true because there was supposed to be a Fred Van Lenty month back in the day. Yep. But he did spell uh, Scotty's name wrong though. Yeah, so I'm not sure what's up with that. I mean, he he spelled it. Every way possible to spell it wrong, but a lot of it's people, true. A lot of people do. A lot of people no, don't no. don't do the IE. Mm, but uh, given but that he is such a lifer for us, though, it's, <laughs> it's hard okay. To it's not. It's not name. important to him. It's all right. Not important enough to mention. What if he? Uh, what if he? What if he said, "I love that show with with Vince, Jason, and Dave"? Would that be okay? Not to David, it won't. Yeah, right. yeah. I was waiting well, for Vince to say, "Well, I mean, it wouldn't bother me," but right. Good looking out. I always look out for you. Not if it wouldn't bother you and not anyway. But I know it would bother you, but that's yeah. a given. I mean I can't right. make it I can't make right. it go away. It it happened. Right? I can't undo what's already been done. Right. So I, I will feel I will feel no you, it wouldn't bother me. That it, would bother me but it, it wouldn't bother you. It would not bother me, but I would exactly. I would feel for you. I feel for you. Right. I think I love you. See what I mean? There's a strata there. Dude, that was a hot song, though. Okay. You don't think? No. I, I do think, and I don't think that's Shaka Khan? No. What? It's all right. Come on. Come on, son. You can't say the woman's name anymore without saying Shaka Khan. Shaka Khan. Shaka Khan. And she's ruined. She's turned. She's like the Gabagoot. <laughs> <laughs> Baba Duke. Scumot. Uh, let's All right. see. All right. So, see, you, you know why you're saying let's see? Because you didn't go in order. No, because I'm, oh, I, I know who I did. I wanted to, I'm, I'm saving Tyler for last. That's why I want to make sure that I got everybody else. But I didn't because Zach Davis says Reverend Dave Johnson, who we've spoken with at, at a con, we but we've never, and, yeah. and, but we've never, you know, recorded him. Jason Latour, who is our boy, and 
Terry Moore. Somebody Again, I'm guessing somebody Terry, Terry Moore is in Moore. the top five. He is not. Oh, thank God. Jesus. Uh, T. Thomas says uh, Mahmoud, Marguerite Bennett, and Wes Craig. Mario Alba is back with uh, Kim Jong-Gi's, Sean Murphy, and Mirka and Dolfo. Huh. And Tyler Verissimo. I am going to say hello to this person and, and shake his hand and find out if he'd be interested. But Mr. Jorge Jimenez. Yes. Um, I, I love the I love the Mirka Indolfo idea. I do speak to her at every New York Comic Con. But, yeah, you do. Uh, but she does not speak English well. She She speaks very little English. She's so. beautiful, too. If it's the one I'm thinking of, that you always she's see. she's a very very nice woman. I think you're speaking about somebody else. Okay. She, I think you're speaking so, about uh, about um, well, there it could be one of two other people, but uh, perhaps Laura Braga or um, oh yes 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 or Maria yes. or Maria Sinopo. I think it's Maria Sinopo. Yeah. 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 You did the interview Maria, with her on the yeah Mar- right Mar- Maria and Marco Santucci just got married and they oh, will nice. be at your Comic Con. Um, Look at them. Maria is doing a domino for me. So, so wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. I okay. thought I thought you were getting any any OA. Shh. I didn't say that. You I, just, I didn't you say just, she's doing anything. Just, for me. You just did. I, I, I can use this alternate, as leverage. Alternate, alternate, alternate dimensions. Okay. So uh, let's cut to the chase. Did we cover all the people there so we can get the list of the top five? Yes. What it I is? I think so. Well, you got most. I mean, you guessed most of them. All right, Marguerite Bennett. Yes. Uh, Wes Craig, Eric Larson, Wes Craig, Eric Larson, Wes Craig, um, Jerome Pena. No, Jason. What is he? All right. So, what is it? Who are the other two? Sean Murphy and Mateo Scalera. Ooh, that's interesting. Hmm. What do you think about that? Well, um, I I think Sean Murphy's probably an almost guaranteed no. Why? Because I'm uh, for an interview. He's he's like a little bit of a. No, nah, I don't want to say he's a diva, but he's kind of got his own thing going. Ooh. He doesn't really. He just doesn't do that. He just doesn't. He's not very accessible. Right. And you know what? Ironically, my interest in Sean's work is at an all-time low with this Batman mm. thing. Oh, with I'm the, intrigued with by the White Knight. Yeah. I, uh, I'm not intrigued by the fact that his pages are $2,000 a page. But, wow. Um, yeah. Uh, Teo, we already have pretty much had multiple conversations about having him on the show. And we just have to yeah. make that happen. So that's a very good chance of that. Marguerite Bennett seems incredibly... Uh, accessible and friendly. It's for real. Um, I, I don't know that I've ever heard her on a podcast, but I have. She's certainly very active on social media and is at many cons and very outgoing. So uh, that could be very. That could be particularly interesting because um, I guess there is a chance she doesn't do podcasts because I can't think of ever having heard her on one. But but uh, I think that's that's we could definitely I think work our magic and get a, a little chat with her for sure. Um. Larson, I don't think would do a podcast. Um, 
but I do think he would chat with us. I mean, he has chatted with us in the past, uh, off off mic. So I think we could make that happen at least in terms of a chat. So it could be an off mic chat with a mic. Yeah, that, that he doesn't know is there. Well, <laughs> and and then I think Wes Craig absolutely would do it. Yeah. So all right, I think we stand a good chance of getting four of these five done in some capacity. Um, and I, look, I can't, I can't say no for Sean Murphy. I mean, we have chatted with Sean many times over the years, but just based on what I know of his sketching schedule and his autograph schedule and that sort of thing, I, I, it does not strike me as someone that is clamoring to do press of much kind. Oh, well. All right, so are we going to wrap this NYCC thing up so we could talk about the one comic that we all read for this episode? Yeah, I mean, do you have any... Is there anybody at Artist Alley that is of particular interest for you to either... Because one thing we do always tell people, um, and I've had more than one patron relay that back to us as a reason of why they are being patrons, which is that we are always telling people that you should, even if you don't have something to sign or aren't looking to buy art or someone's book, take the time to just go up to a creator that you've enjoyed their work, shake their hand, and say thanks for the work, because it means a lot to the creator, and you never know if that'll be your only chance to do it. Um, so is there anybody at this show that you're particularly interested in meeting? Yes. Well, we've already met him, but I am going to make a beeline to Alexi Zirit's booth. Okay. I may get some OA if he's has an opening in his list. We'll see. Uh, now, there's a lot of people I want to talk up. Andrew McLean, uh, Andrew Griffith. Uh, there's one, and I'm wondering if uh, you're going to take uh, a shot at maybe getting a piece of original art from this man. Okay. Arthur Adams. Mm. No, I mean, I don't think I will just because I, I I think that his his situation is unfortunately too difficult to pull off usually. Um, meaning that, that uh, I'm now, now, you know, earlier you were trying to say that you think I've leveled up out of jam pieces. I, I do. didn't agree. I will say that I have leveled up out of waiting in lines to get art from somebody. I'm not about that. There's no piece of art. And I put this to the test of heroes. Art Adams was at Heroes, and Alan Davis was at Heroes. And for Alan Davis, of all the years we've been going to cons, that's the first time he was at a con that we were at. Um, and in both cases, especially because Heroes was not all that crowded, I could have easily achieved the uh, the OA grab from either one of them. But uh, for me, I'm not interested in waiting hours in line for any person's art. It's just not something that appeals to me. So it takes the joy out of it. So no, I don't think Art Adams is something that's likely to happen. If I get something from Art Adams, honestly, I believe it'll be down the road when I commission something from him directly and just put it away knowing that it will take two or three years to get to me, but I'm okay with that. Okay. There, there is one artist I would wait. I would wait the entire weekend in line for a piece of okay. original art. He's not. Okay. Unfortunately, he's not going to be at New York Comic Con, but mm-hmm. I would wait forever for a piece of Richard Corbin art. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, sure. But that's, I mean, I've always wanted one. I don't have one. Right. It's incredibly hard to get one. So mm-hmm. the chances of me actually 
procuring a piece of Richard Corbin artwork are slim to none. So, but I mean, Daniel Warren Johnson, Eric Larson, uh, Fabian Wrangell Jr. There's a ton of people. Freddie Williams. I would love to talk to Freddie again just to see what he's got going on, what he has. Uh, Jeff Darrow. I mean, we we all uh, Miss Legacy. We always go to the same people. Which is awesome because they're friends and, and it's a it's a, a yearly our yearly pilgrimage to New York City and we we make the rounds. We we like to talk to the people we love. You know? Uh Capullo. Umberto Ramos is gonna be there. Yes. That would be interesting because I don't believe we've ever spoken to Umberto. No, Chris ha- Chris has. Right. But, but I mean no, collectively we haven't. Right. James Tinian the the fourth, Jason Latour, uh, let's see, Jeremy Hahn. Like these are familiar names. Anybody? J.G. Jones, Jill Thompson would be okay. Um, <laughs> who else? It, it just kills me that Joe Staten that these things are organized by first name. It makes no mm-hmm. sense. Uh, true. Who did? Maybe I'll finally get something from Joe this year. Oh, Wando, of course. Justin Jordan. Who else we got here? Kyrie Randolph. Panosian. Yep. Oh, Dan. I, you know what? I'm looking at this. this DWJ. Slot, the slot, of course. I'm looking at the slots art from Panosian. He mm-hmm. is. I, I, there's no reason why he doesn't blow up with this book. Well, it's funny you say that. Uh, a little behind the scenes, we we were approached by Image to chat with him and. Uh, I diligently followed up, and it went so far as Image's PR person connecting us with Dan directly, and um, Dan just didn't follow up. So I don't know what happened there, but we were going to have Dan on the show to interview him and talk about slots, but but uh, well, he's a he good. Did not, he, he did not avail himself of wow. our invitation. I mean, at the shows, you can't shut him up. I, it it didn't strike me as like he was blowing us off. I I, I don't. Yeah. I, I, well, no. Put it. This way. I think he blew us off, but not in a because he doesn't like us way, but because right. I think probably that, he he's happens. not used he's not used to doing this uh, right this press junket stuff and and probably yeah. never never followed up. Well, I mean, if he wants to be a Scotty Young, he's going to have to step up. He, I mean, he's twenty years older than Scotty too. So, I don't but know what I'm saying is, he ha- he has the potential to to blow up because he's a phenomenal illustrator. He is, he is, and he's lived it. He's lived the life, man. Yeah, he would be. Look, we've said this for years. It would every time we see him, we he. I would love to have him on, as would yep. you both. Uh, he, he's had a, an incredible career and a super interesting life. He he was he was at the heart of the boom, um, yep. making a lot of Skrilla and, and partying hard, and he doesn't hide that. And uh, now he's settled down with a beautiful wife and a wonderful family, mm-hmm. uh, and he's a settled down family man. And he's been an inker and a penciler, and um, he's done it all. So. Fascinating dude, for sure. Yep. Part of uh, Schachter's Essential Sequential Crew, we should say. Yes. Mike Huddleston, Mirka Andolfo. Huddleston's my man. Hey, you know it. You know it. Declan. Uh, yes. Nick Bradshaw. Quapel, Paulo Rivera. Patrick Gleason, Paul Mounts. We always talk to Paul Mounts. Uh, we do. We do. We, we have a tendency to linger at Rafer Roberts' table. Uh, Ramon, I I do. Ramon Perez, Gabe and Karina. Yep, Ryan Brownie, 
Ryan Dunleavy, Salvador La Roca. <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> Jay Lee, who I always chat with. You do. You do always do. chat with Jay. We I doing do. anything with Scotty this year? Or like going out or Yeah, he swears we are, so Okay. We'll see. Uh my food. Who's my boo now that we did a panel together at Heroes? Hey, Tom's gonna be there. Tom Durenick. So he is all right, I'll run into as Tom. Will, as will the Tom King. Tim Seeley, Todd Knox. Jim Jim Toe. Tom Lyle. Tom Richmond. Of course, I'm doing all the Toms because that's how this thing is organized. Tommy yeah. Lee Edwards. Dude, don't forget our peoples, man. Tony Fleece. Tony Fleece, Mark Laming. Yep, Trad Moore. Brian Vander is tabling this year. What? Nice. Yep. Yannick Paquette. Tell me that's about my the, dude. Tell me about the plants, Yannick. <laughs> Our man Kari Randolph, always yep. repping. It's going to be something. Yep. Something good. Le- dude, Leandro Fernandez, who I would love to get a piece from. Oh, love to. But you're not getting any art. So. Hiatus. Can't right. do it. Yeah. Okay. All Can't right. Um, just so we didn't just dump a whole dude, bunch. Mood. Mock of Mood. Of course, Mock Mood. Well, you can't just leave him out. You can't. We didn't. You did. <laughs> Mark Morales. What? Walton Wheezy. Walt and Wheeze. Wheezy, how does it feel to be the greatest female writer in comics ever? Must feel pretty good. It does, Vince. I think you, you accosted her with that last year. And she was I did. Very uncomfortable. She, she was, was very uncomfortable. She wasn't very uncomfortable. She, she was. She was happy, I said. She's like, she oh, was clamoring for you to move along. She was not. She, she, she would have hugged me if Walt wasn't there. Our man, Riley Rosmo. Yep. Terry Dodson. Our dude, Russ Braun. Oh, Cedric's going to be there. Cedric is going to be there. And you know what? I have to say, he's been at shows before, and I had nary an interest of talking to him because I wasn't down with the Top Cow stuff. But now that he's crushing it on Aquaman, I do would like to meet the man. Cool. All right. Ooh. Wait. Ryan Lee. Mm-hmm. Sanford Green. You know it. That's our dude. Can't not shout him out. You mentioned Scotty, of course, but he will be up in effect. Sean Crystal, what, what? Stephen Green, another Felix comic art crew member. Oh, Daps Boo, Tom Zoller. Yes. That's your man right there. Oh, yeah. We go way back, all the way back to Time and Vine. That is your dude, Time and Vine. Yoshi, Yoshitani, Vince. <laughs> all right, let's move on. So, for this episode, we have all read a recently released image book. Yes. I'm dying to hear how uh, David and Jason perceived this title. It is written by, written, it, actually it's created by Jeremy Hahn and Seth Peck. Who does yes. what? I don't know. But that's the way it's credited. Created by Jeremy Hahn and Seth Peck with color art by Nick Filardi. It is called The Realm, number one. Just came out last week. Jeremy and Seth will both be at New York Comic Con. Oh, yeah. As will Jason Hurley. Cool. Yes, yes. I love Jason Hurley. Yep. 
He's yep. such he's he's such a nice person. I don't say that in a de- demeaning way. He is generally nice. You could talk to him about wrestling and and bad movies and comics, and he's always yep. so enthusiastic and eager to talk to you. He is. I, I love the guy. That's all I can say. Yeah, um, you're right. So the realm number one. You want me to give him the the rundown? Break it down, son. Okay. Uh, Jason is giddy because it's a post-apocalyptic setting. Yes. Like uh, Southern Gothic at uh, the current image, there seems to be another trend where we have floating islands because the realm has them too. Floating. Glorious. Big chunks of of, of stuff floating in the sky. Um, Glorious. We get a guy. uh, His name is Will Nolan. And he is uh, paid to escort the king's not daughter safely from some oh, somewhere in Missouri to to what appears to be Manhattan, right? So we're oh, going Chicago. Chicago. Sorry, I don't know why I say Manhattan. So we're going from Missouri to Chicago. Of course, it's Chicago, right? Um, yes. But uh, Nor- Nolan was given some bad intel. There were more captors than he was told. There's more dangers uh, between points. Uh, it, it's it's a very, very dangerous trip. So as a result, Will Nolan is a bit off schedule, bringing the girl back to her not-father. Um, and he wants to be compensated for his extra efforts. He's pissed, like, dude, you're undercutting me. It was a lot harder. Um, the king... Is not having it. You're not getting anything else. Of course, the fight breaks out, um, in which we learn that Nolan has some kind of powers. It appears, in addition to being a very adept fighter, it appears that he can harden his skin. Because at one point, um, somebody goes to chop him with a, a blade, and he just catches it in his hand without seemingly without any kind of um, result other than stopping the blade. Um, Now, it's not the king's daughter. What uh, the girl really is, her name is Sasha, and she was a uh, slave that he traded to someone else for a case of antibiotics, and the drugs were bad. So the king got all pissed off, and he wants his part of the deal returned to him, and that's where Will came in, and he's bringing the girl back. Um, and, and while the king monologues to Nolan, good old Sasha sneaks up behind him and kills him, runs him right through. And so she takes his crown and his position. And it gets even stranger from there. Now, that on the surface seems fun and kind of cool, but there are orcs running around this place. Um, there are drakes, otherwise known as dragons. What happened, we don't know. But um, something happened to catapult this world, which was probably our world, into this fantasy. It's like a techno fantasy. There have been people that have compared this first issue to D&D meets something. And I said to Dap, this doesn't sound, or this doesn't look like D&D to me. It looks more like Shadowrun. And David said... I said, I said the difference is people have heard of D&D. Yeah, which is sad but true. 
Um, and so we're also introduced to a, a woman named Molly, who is very adept with a bow and arrow. And, and she meets with Will. She needs an escort as well to Kansas City for herself and her group. A group that is not comprised not exclusively of fighters. There are some scientists in there. So so the, the purpose for transporting these scientists is unknown. I'm sure we're going to find out. Um, there is a character named Rook, very mysterious character that shadows Molly's group to see if they're harboring any secrets. We get to meet a mysterious Steely Dan singing ginger assassin <laughs> who takes trophies from those uh, uglies that he's killed. Um, a very nasty man sacrifices another man to a, a dark dweller between worlds, cuts his throat. And as he's doing it, he sacrifices the man to this otherworldly thing, and he is inhabited by said otherworldly thing and given power. And at the end of the issue, we learn that Will appears to be a shell for a similar dark power. Lots of unanswered questions in this first issue. Yes, you agree? Absolutely. It's it's largely a setup issue, I would agree. It is. And comments? I thought it was great. I I did too. I, I got a um as I'm reading it because of the setting, because of the characters. Mystical aspects, notwithstanding. A lot of it felt like this is the kind of story I would expect to see if Kirkman decided to tell you what the scavengers and the hunters do in the Walking Dead crew when they go looking for things. It, the setting was very similar. It, it, I just I I pictured Jesus or or, or or the other the non the not Rick people. If they were to just, if we were going to focus on them going from town to town looking for shit, and, and that that was kind of how I got. That was the sense I got from from just the setting itself. But well, you're exactly once, right because in the beginning of the book, I'm not interrupting you to take it somewhere else. I'm agreeing with you. the 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 establishing shot of Will and Sasha coming down that street. There's nobody around. It is right. It, it is totally desolate. And then the drake flies over, and we don't get to see it. We just see the shadow. So the world is populated by very, very dangerous things. But the first time we see them, it looks like nobody's home. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, or at least hidden. But, yeah, it's not, it's not a very vibrant, busy uh, location. Uh, but once, once that is... Um, once I shake that off, there's a, uh, there's, I, I like the twist of adding the, the extra, the, uh, you know, obviously there's a reason why he can stop this machete with his hand. And, uh, if you look at the art closely as, as you're flipping through the action pack pages, uh, you see something's up with, Will's neck, uh, and his eyes the, too, and his eyes, and and 
and, and as you see other characters uh, that are also scarred and damaged, it's definitely this is a book where you absolutely cannot take anything at at, at surface value. You um you you have uh everybody looks broken and very few people trust anyone and right. and that's that's just it's established early and quickly and and reiterated throughout the issue and and it's uh it is it is a setup issue and and i like i like how we're introduced to various characters i felt that they're the pages the 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 scenes that were giving us a glimpse of who they are they're pretty much all strong like you said the Stanley dancing and ginger and 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 the dude with the sacrifices everybody you you got a few minutes with everyone to kind of just you weren't told everything about them but you got a sense as to what kind of person they may be um but because of all that and 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 how their scenes end especially what we see happen to will uh there's enough here where Jeremy and, and Seth totally had me wanting to check out the second issue. Yeah. I mean, everything's low rent, apparently. Uh, even the king, who has managed to position <laughs> himself in a, in a place of power, his throne is built out of pallets. Yeah. You know? So it's not, I mean, nothing is pristine. Everything is grungy. The, 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 uh, to use a, a, another use for the word pallet, the the color palette that Filardi uses is all pretty low key. Um, nothing. There's no high chroma colors in here at all. It's all shadowy or uh, autumnal. It's kind of burnt out and smoldering a little bit. Uh, there there are greens and ochres and and some some nice reds, but it's all fairly low key because this is not a happy place. You know, it's not fairyland. Mm-hmm. It's it's pretty pretty rusty and and busted at this point. Jason, we haven't heard from you. What's up with the toothbrushes? He's I'm archive. thinking it's who you No, go ahead. Uh I just figure that they are um I don't know if they're rare. I'm thinking of all the things in the world that that no longer, I guess, some people don't have a need for, or you know, I, I don't know if Homeboy sells them. I don't know if he uh, if he's just. I can't imagine that their currency. I, I just when when it comes to certain things, I, I guess brushing your teeth isn't <laughs> always the top of your list. But Homeboy's ready. But it should to, be. Throw a toothbrush your way if if you need it. Um, yeah, which is something else I forgot to mention for the NYCC stuff is buy some mints. But the the I it's yeah I mean it was and and I mean they're they're wordless panels. It's just like Will hands them the toothbrushes. Dude's happy to have them. Throws them in the box with other toothbrushes, and then we go about our business. So yeah, I mean that was it stood out. I, I didn't it. It gave me pause, but it didn't 
I, it was one of those moments where I was enjoying everything else where I was just like, okay, I'm going to make a note of that and, and find out what's up. Right. 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 Yeah. But um, it's, it's important. I mean, this is going to sound mm-hmm. stupid, but oral hygiene is very important because a lot of medical conditions stem from sure. improper care of, of, of your teeth. You can get a lot of different things from bad teeth that can yeah. cause major, major problems. So it's it's not just like oh, I want to look good, I want to have a nice smile. In your your bloodstream could be affected by bad teeth, and it Absolutely. doesn't it doesn't look like, you know, there's dentists on every corner here. So maybe as a precautionary measure, I mean, he's got nice white teeth. Marcus has beautiful teeth. You know what I mean? Maybe he just has a fetish that he wants to, likes to keep his teeth clean. I I mean I don't know, but I would think that one of the more desirable things in this broken, beaten down setting would be a toothbrush and a weapon. Hope, hopefully. I don't know. Right. Do you think our protagonist is a were demon? Do you think he's like, what, what's going on with his arm? Do you think? I think he's possessed by a similar entity from Goth Dude. Yeah. Okay. Because Goth Dude was inhaling black smoke, almost like the souls or the essence of the people that he killed. Whereas this dude's got an arm like Cable, but it's all scarred up like a... And then he has a dream that he turns into a demon and then wakes up in a hospital bed, but he's still got the arm. Okay, I think there may have been one thing that you missed when uh-huh. Goth Dude inhales the the mist or the black smoke when the evil thing is talking to him, the dialogue balloon comes from the smoke. So he's not inhaling the essence of the guy, he's inhaling the demon. Or whatever that thing is on the other side. See, yeah, no, I, I get you there. I get you there, but I, I don't like. I'm saying that that's still a demon in smoke form that goes into his body, whereas this is a guy's right. got an arm, an arm that's looks like a demon. But, but no, I'm thinking that Will is has previously possessed. This uh-huh. is this is an existing condition. And, no, right, right. And the demon, it it it's he's fighting for dominance on with the demon. I mean, it obviously from that. From that scene where, you know, he wakes up, the thing obviously wants more than it's getting. Because he's like, no way. He's, he's trying to push it back and it's just the, 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 the cracks just progress from his arm up his neck into his head. And he just completely transforms into whatever that thing is. And then that could be a past memory showing how he got there. And then, he, like you said, he wakes up and he's like, well, I guess this is real yeah i'm not 100 percent. one one thing i will say is that uh the the art that very it um varies from lots of panels with with people talking without with very with minimal backgrounds uh, and then hyper detailed uh realistic looking landscape and, and architecture mm-hmm. in the other panels 
Uh, I think it's it's generally effective. I, I would say this is right on the border of an art style that I, I, I sometimes wouldn't care for. But I do like Seth and Jeremy's figure work enough that it pulls me into the like side of the ledger versus the dislike. Okay. Well, I, I, where do you fit in on that? Because to me, this is a little bit realistic looking for what I would think is normally your cup of tea. It is. But in the embellishing, the, I think the embellishing pulls it up for me because these are not... I mean, the line work is... It alternates between very, very precise and clean. And then when we zoom in, it gets mm-hmm. br- it gets brushy. Right. So I like that a lot. Um, and it's also not Photoshop. It's not photo ref. No, no. Um, I'm completely enamored with the the commingling of fantasy and science fiction. I've mm-hmm. always I've always been. Um, and this is fulfilling a need that has been missing from my monthly reading. Like I haven't read a fantasy book in a while. Right. And so this is at the right time, you know, right place for me. So it's working. Um, I'm getting it from Headlopper. I'm getting it from this now. Um, you know, Scotty, I, I would call Scotty's I Hate Fairyland more fantasy than anything. Yes. Uh, so there is a, a plethora of fantasy books now. And not only from Image. I mean, we have them coming from all angles. Where a couple of years ago, not so many. It's true. I'm, I I just I thought this first issue was was great. I like mixed colors too. Yeah. I was unprepared for this book, and sorry, <laughs> Jeremy and Nick, uh, and uh, and Seth and Seth. Um, I was not prepared for this book to be this good. Mm-hmm. The Kansas City Crew. Because to be honest. I'm not crazy about the cover. And and that's pretty much all we saw in the solicitor. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the cover's okay. I, I really don't like... Um, well, who's he posing for? You know, it's, <laughs> it, it's, uh, it, it's, it's, it's a nice drawing, but uh, emotion content, it's not all that high, right? It's, it's pretty stock. But then you read the book, and it's like, wow. There's a lot going on here. And none of that, other than the floating islands and the, the drakes, I mean, you don't really get any indication what's going on inside. You got a firearm mixed with a, a broadsword. That's cool. Um, I'm, I'm not, a, I just, I'm not big on the cover. It's, it's kind of, this is what I have to do for the cover. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think there was a, a total uh, amount there wasn't much, a whole lot. I don't want to say that. It, I think it's a mundane cover. I think mm-hmm. it should, um, in comparison to the content inside the book, I don't think the cover does it any any service. Interesting. Yeah. Yep. But you you know you read the the actual sequentials and it's like wow this is great. It's it's gripping. And what could have been a, a protracted uh, sequence with the king was like done in like four pages, which was nice. Let's move on. That's true. That's true. You know, it was neat. The, these people are very resourceful. I, I'm hoping that the Molly doesn't become the Michonne of the book. 
<laughs> because you know they they go to the same uh, outfitter a little bit, you know. A little bit. <laughs> yeah. Loving the orcs. I I just had a lot of fun with this. It was well yeah. worth my uh, the price of admission. I agree. Yeah. I'll be back for more. Definitely. I'm glad I chose it, considering the options we had. You, you did. You did choose. Oh, you, you. Yeah, this was the only choice. You were like, okay, uh, we have three options. You can be tarred and feathered. <laughs> you can be boiled alive, or we can read the realm. Was it really? So it was an bad? I don't remember the the the. Um, well, no, I'll 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 look myself. Well, one of the other options I'm I'm currently reading, so but the other one I, I didn't try it. But I heard good things about it. That's why I figured. But it's all good. Alright. I can't find the options, but that's okay. They're there. Go back a few days. Yeah. I I know. All right, everybody. Yay. <laughs> we we hope you enjoyed this here episode. Uh we hope we uh were informative if you have never attended a convention before, especially one as large as New York Comic Con. Get your stuff all lined up, get it in a row, and get there because you're going to have a great time. Mm -hmm. um, if you do attend the show and you are in our vicinity, by all means, mm -hmm. shimmy on up and we'll give you big hugs because that's what it's all about. Yep. Uh, thank that's how Vince the, rolls. That's how I do roll. Um, we would like to thank the Patreon uh, peoples for making this episode possible. Yes. And in your travels, because we still got to do this, right? Yes. I would love if you read this here trade paperback that I have in my hand. Uh, the main story It is uh, an anthology of sorts. There's one very long story and a handful of, of additional pieces. But the the uh, main story, and it's the story for which the book was named, was written by Andrea Casti Castellan. The art is by Lorenzo Pastrovicchio. We have Disney Italia with Nicole and Travis Seltier on colors. It is published by IDW, and it is called Walt Disney's Mickey Mouse in Darkenblatt. It is 128 pages, collects IDW's Mickey Mouse number 16 to 18, and guess what? It's only $12.99. So what is Darkenblatt about? Can you guess by the title what villain returns? David can guess. Dark and blot. It's the return of the phantom blot. Of course. Yes. <laughs> and uh, Mickey is returning uh, to Mouston from a European vacation. Something goes wrong with the plane. And they have to make an emergency landing. Not in Mouston, but in the so-called, and this is Mickey's own, own words, the Experimental Prototype Community of Technology. It is a place called Avant-Garde City. And Avant-Garde City is, uh, they have a robotic 
police force. The cops are taking a back seat. They're letting the robots do anything. Two companies um, bid for the contract. One got it. One did not. And uh, the company that did not get it, you know, they're not all that happy. So while this is going on, in uh, Altacraz Maximum Security Prison, the Phantom Blot is in there. And he's bored. So uh, he offers to upgrade some of the uh, prison's mechanical devices because the, uh, the Phantom Blot is a master of mechanics and robotics. So what he does is he, he goes into the kitchen and he upgrades the potato peeler where, it, you know, it's got a vice-like arm and it grabs the potato and the other arm zzz, peels it, you know. So, hey, that's pretty cool. He, uh, he updated the, uh, in the laundry department, he updated the steam uh, super irons. And then in the, you know, he made the washing machine much, much, much bigger. He also made uh, improvements to the electrical system. So the warden's like, wait a minute, you got something up your sleeve. Take all this shit out, throw it in the scrap heap, and you're not making any more stuff. And uh, the blot's like, well, I guess if I have to, you know something's up. All of the things that he upgraded were actually pieces of a giant mecha. And Phantom Blot uses the giant robot to escape the prison. And where do you think he ends up? Avant-garde city. And he takes over the robotic police force and becomes the ruler. And Mickey's got to stop him. Loved it. Oh, my God, was this book so good. It's, it's just classic, fun adventure. And it's broken up into chapters. It's like you're reading a Kirby book, you know, because each issue is its own chapter. So you get Dark and Blot Chapter 1, and then you get a couple of Disney shorts. And you get Dark and Blot Chapter 2, and you get a couple more Disney sh- shorts. Like this, it's money in the bank. Why, I, why people aren't jumping in? to the IDW Disney stuff is beyond me. If I had to, I could subsist on exclusively on IDW's Disney comics, but I don't have to. But if I did, <laughs> but if I did, it would not be a bad thing. You get a cover gallery in the back, Super Goof is in here. I just love this stuff. I love it. That's the only way I the best way I can put it. I love Disney comics. Especially when they're fantastic like this. So I'm done. Wow. I like it. You should read it. You you dig it. All right. I'll read it. Um, speaking of the patrons. So two things sort of. We um, This being the first episode you're getting this week. Because it's a bonus episode, because of the patrons. And speaking of the patrons, they voted for the September book of the month, which we will talk about Thursday night. Uh, So in your travels, if you haven't and you want to read along with us, get your ass to read Fury Max. Uh, The winner was book one, which is just the first six issues. We read all 13 so we might go beyond. Uh, I'm pretty sure we're going to be. We're we're definitely going beyond the six issues. But um, I think you have to go beyond. You do. 
You do. That's what I was saying. I, Just I, because I, of the passage of time. Got to do oh, yeah. to and, do this. And, and who shows up later on. But, you know, if, if people only bought, only have the first volume, that was the one that was because we said a while ago when we started this that we're, we're, we may not be reading too many maxi series style stories but this this one worked out and it is it's it it's pretty fast paced so it doesn't feel like 13 issues at no, all no. uh but, but definitely read that 30 or 40 years pass over the course of the series uh, it starts in 8 years after world war 2 and it's up to uh yeah the no well, more than 30 it, it's it's past the 80s yeah yeah it's into into the late 80s, early 90s. Wow. Yeah. Good shit. It's, it's, you'll hear all about it, but it is, it's the good, good. Uh, but in your travels, I'll say, uh, this comes out tomorrow. Hey. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Uh, all I'm going to tell people is to get it and to read it. And it's awesome. And it is Southern Bastards number 18. It is Gut Check Part 4. It is written and colored by Jason Latour. Art is by Chris Bruner. It is a punch to the gut. It is a kick to the taint. It is a very... Um, it's it's kind of a done-in-one issue, but it's a... Uh, it's, it's an important issue. It's it's definitely something that um, that you need to read if you've been reading the series from the beginning. Uh, if if you feel any sort of connection with any of the characters that have been in the series, uh, be they living or dead, it's um, it's something you you need to read. The art is fantastic. Uh, I think this is a better looking issue than than Bruner's previous issue he did that uh, Latour wrote. Um, this one I think has, it's, it's a little bit more on, on, on the personal side of things as, as far as where, where it's coming from by the creators, but it is a, um, it's, it's definitely an issue. Uh, you should totally check out. It will be available by the time you hear this. Uh, so if, if you do read Southern Bastards, if, if, if it's something you do get when it comes out, uh, you just figure, you know what? I'll I got other things to read. It's Wednesday. Let me read everything that's uh, that I put this at the top of of this. It, it's probably going to blow away almost anything else you're going to read tomorrow, but um, it's going to stick with you a lot longer. Uh, but you may need something in in from from the capes and cows category to kind of. Not necessarily cleanse your palate, but just give you something to, to take your mind off of it. But definitely check out Southern Bastards number 18. Nice. Love it. Uh, in your travels, Dap hit on the Fury Max, but a few other announcements. Episode 500 looms. We are roughly a month away from... Uh, the big anniversary episode. And we've been toying with some things that we're going to do for the show. But one thing we are surely going to do is at least for 
the temporary voicemails are back. Woohoo! Crickets. Crickets. What the cricket? I'm doing the woohoo. He's doing the woohoo. Barely, barely. For long-time EOC members, you will recall that we used to have a voicemail line. People would call and leave all kinds of insanity on it, and we would play it. Vince would diligently intersperse the voicemails onto the show. Uh, And then many years ago, we abandoned the voicemails, um, much to the chagrin of some, probably much to the celebration of others. But for episode 500, at least, we're going to bring it back. Um, we reserve the right to keep it or to dump it after that. We'll have to see how it goes. But, um, Dap, should we give him the number? Um, we haven't done the greeting yet. So, I mean, as long as we're fine with that, it's a very basic generic greeting. Uh, it's, I'm fine with giving the number out. It's, it's, we can do a quick vote if you want it to only be made available to the patrons on the Patreon site for the first week. And then we go live, or even Thursday, but however you guys want to do it, I'm, I'm cool either way. Um, that's interesting. What do you think, Vince? I think we should open it up to everybody. Okay. Because, because the, the Patreon thing is, is, is a new thing. And there have been people that have been listening to this yeah, show I agree. for 500 I agree. episodes. That's fine. I think you're right. I, think I, you're right. I, I appreciate that. So we will have a, a greeting on there soon enough, but uh, if you're listening to this and are champing at the bit... Uh, and you don't hear a greeting, that's fine. Uh, but it is the number is 914-246-2102. Once again, 914-246-2102. Uh, a couple things as a reminder, because uh, we haven't done voicemails in a while. We reserve the right to not play the voicemail. <laughs> in fact, chances are, knowing the, fa- the number of listeners we have and the feedback we usually get, there will probably be lots of voicemails that do not make it onto the air. So just know that ahead of time. Uh, number two, um, it would behoove you to keep your message short and sweet. Uh, I believe the number or the system we're using has a two-minute cap, I think, David, right? I think. I am not 100% on that. I will check. Okay. Um, but either way, regardless of whether there is a two-minute cap, two minutes is too long. So get in, get out. Like the first time you make love. Okay. We don't. We you may not need. We may not need your in your travels on bone. Yeah. No. Bone. Exactly. Um. And and we would ask that again for the purposes of the 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 rebirth of the voicemail. Um. This is specifically for now related to episode five hundred. So again, we have given very little thought at this point. We're taking you behind the scenes live as to what we're going to do, and part of it will depend on how many voicemails we get and that sort of thing. But uh, in essence, your best shot at being on the episode would be if you leave a short voicemail that in some way ties into a memory of the show uh, or, um, you know, and that kind of thing. So, so uh, again, if, if, if this goes well and we dig the technology upgrades and, and it, and it, uh, it it's, it's an entertaining addition to our week, then we may keep it, um, and work it back into the show. Uh, no guarantees there, but but for by all means, your your initial foray here should be related in some way to uh, the theme of celebrating uh, episode five hundred. Um, Just to and then to clarify yeah, one thing, mm-hmm. um, we did receive a ton of voicemails when we did have the line up, and uh, although Jason said we reserve to keep it or dump it, 
<laughs> I, I eventually played everything on the show. I had a, a, a reserve stock of voicemails that whenever the need arose, I could insert it into uh, an episode, whether we received it on episode 15 and it didn't show up until episode 30, I would still play it. So if we get a hundred or more voicemails for episode 500, you will hear them at some time, maybe in episode five, five, five Oh seven, you know, but they will be played. If it, it, whether or not the audio quality is, is, I mean, if if you're on a bus or going down the highway and you got the window open and we can't hear a word you're saying, chances are real good they're not. It's not going to be played. If it's okay. you know, if it's clear yeah. and, and concise, well, I didn't want to. I didn't want to make any promises like that because if I recall, it's it's not a inconsequential additional time consumer. Oh, that's to, okay. Uh, yeah, that's okay. okay. That's fine. Okay. I got this. Uh, two, science. two other things. One, a live in-person hangout. Two, a virtual hangout. Uh, we have been diligent and, 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 again, we're extremely grateful for the patronage. It's been an incredibly positive uh, and, and um, a, enabling experience thus far. Uh, it's gone far better, I think, than we could have hoped for it to go. Um, and, and as part of that, the coolest thing I think about it is that it's allowed us to have two tiers of things. There's, there's a tier for people who pledge get bonus things, whether it be content or, or gifts or, or other goodies. And then there's a benefit to the listenership as a whole, where whether you pledge or not, uh, based on the overall pledge amounts, there's extra things, um, most notably extra episodes. Uh, but, but that said, um, one of the things that we have promised is for those that pledge uh, a certain tier or above, we would ha- have a monthly uh, online web hangout. And uh, we're running about a month behind and delivering on that. And we've been very open about that. It's just been, we've been trying to figure out the technology. Uh, it's a little harder than we thought it would be to have a concurrent web stream that is not completely jank uh, and something we'd be okay with using. The great news for you all is we tested out, uh, a setup this week, and I think we unanimously agreed, as did a few uh, other folks who jumped on with us in an impromptu uh, test, that it went well. And I think we have the setup that we're going to at least use for the initial set of Hangouts. So we will post the details uh, on the Patreon site, uh, and we aim to have the first Google Hangout here in the next week or so. Um, we have not picked a date and time yet but we will try and do it fast enough and give you a couple days heads up. So if you are interested in participating, you can do so. Uh, also, um, the technology setup we're using will archive the Hangouts uh, in a YouTube video. So we will make that available to uh, people as well. So pretty excited on that front. And then last but not least, um, since New York Comic Con is coming up next week, we do not have formal plans for an EOC Hangout per se, but we certainly, one of the main goals that we've committed to each other this time is that uh, we're going to try and do a little less running around and a little more relaxing and enjoying one another's company as well as the company of others. And with that comes hopefully more time hanging out at establishments with food and drink. So what we will do is we will keep you posted uh, on Twitter and the Facebook group and uh, the Patreon site, respectively, where we are when we are at a venue that you perhaps could meet us up if you have the time and inclination to do so. So hopefully we will see you all there and, uh, 
and we'll throw back some uh, some drinky drinks. So very cool stuff. I, I hope to I hope I hope you all avail yourselves of that. Um, and then last but but not least in your travels, uh, I would uh, very much commend you all to read if you are not already doing so. Um, Aquaman. We we hinted on it a little bit earlier, but uh, I think we talked up through ep- uh, issue twenty six, if I'm not mistaken, a few weeks back. Am I right? Twenty six. So as far as we went. Yeah, it was last episode. Yeah. yeah. No, no, it wasn't last episode. You did mention Aquaman last episode. But not 27 and 28, though, right? No, I don't think so. Okay, yeah. So, so right, so I'm just saying, so, so uh, issues 27 and 28, so it's cur- I'm now current. And um, it's just great. Uh, I don't have a lot of history with Aquaman as a standalone title, other than, say, the Peter David run. But this is dope stuff. Uh, and Sedgwick is the crown jewel of the, of the arc. Um, it's been fantastic. So I would uh, definitely commend people to throw it into their pile. If you're looking for an extra DC book, because I don't think it's selling all that well. And that's a shame. You are correct. It is a shame. All right, everybody. Hey, hope you enjoyed this extra content for the week. Uh, look forward to being back here with us this Thursday or early Friday. Uh, Mm-hmm. depending on your location. No, it'll come out early Friday. And uh, well, all- they'll hear us. If they're listening to this on the day that is released, you'll hear us two days from now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, because if you're not here with us, when we do the next one, y'all know what's going to happen. Mm. Dap gets all squeaky. And so <laughs> we, we have to give them the grease and just make it easier on it yourselves and ourselves and just be here. In the meantime, say goodnight. David. <laughs> help us help you. Yes. Good night. David. Nice. That was pretty sweet. good. It was pretty good. Pretty Didn't good. even get thrown off by my little interstitial. No. No, he's got it down. He's a he's a after all a professional. He's a professional. So, that's right. Be here with us. We love you so much. Count the minutes. We'll be back. Bye. Yeah.